The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power. Welcome to the Bartender Rant Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and I am one slice of pizza deep and two podcasts deep. It has been an unbelievable trip to Vegas so far, my friends. I know that you are enjoying it. If you're listening to these episodes in order, uh, I pray for your liver, uh, but what a great marathon. What a true Vegas bar crawl it will be for you and for us. Uh, you can only imagine if you've listened to the show in the past and you've heard a stack episodes, one on top of each other, you know it starts to get very precarious, all right? Mike is uh, shoveling pizza into his mouth. I think he's on his second or third piece right now. Uh, what my concern is for Michael is uh, the cocktails have started to flow, the beers have started to flow. This may be the episode where his sobriety and his resolve are cracked, but we're going to find out. Here he is, your favorite co-host and mine, Michael Windsor. Steve, hi, how you doing? <laughs> wow, nobody can tell that you have food in your mouth right now. You're such a professional. That's what I love most about you. I have to fuel up, man. Yeah, you got <laughs> Those daiquiris really kicked me Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, Javier uh, fucked us up with that Dr. Bird. That stuff is no joke. Um, again, if you're listening to these in order and you stocked up for all of them, bless your hearts because I know uh, that that butane-soaked uh, Dr. Bird rum from down in Jamaica. That shit is fucking you up just like it did Mike and I in the first episode today. But Like a doctor. Like a doctor. <laughs> but we will rebound. We will keep it rolling um, because we're here for you people. That's right. That's why I got in a bird, flew out here, seven-hour layover at the fucking Denver, Denver airport to get you the content that you deserve. So I'm really excited to be doing our second show of the day, third show of the trip uh, with Ju Young, and she's brought on a very interesting cocktail. Um, I don't quite know if I have the name down the Dirty Little Whorehouse? The be- no, The Best Little Whorehouse. The Best Little which Whorehouse. Which I, lo- I love the name. Thank it's you for great. that correction. We're going to get into yeah, a little how could, bit of How could you forget that name? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm i a Dirty Little Whorehouse kind of guy. Apparently personally. not. Um, no, but uh, I, I'm really excited to get into this cocktail for a couple different reasons. One, it has some really foreign um, uh, dr- um, alcohol in it. And I, I don't mean that anything other than I have never heard of Baijiu before. Baijiu. And I'm really excited for uh, Zhu Young to tell us a little bit about that alcohol, learn a little bit more about that. But also, this drink is truly a unique um, uh, take that is uh, its own category. I don't think that we can really compare this to some of the other cocktails, even the variation cocktails, um, like on last episode where it was a daiquiri, but with its own twist. This drink, the Best Little Whorehouse, stands alone. So I'm really excited to talk about that drink and, and some of uh, Ju Young's experiences here in the Vegas bartending scene and just in her service industry experience. But Mike, anything new with you? How are you feeling, buddy? Like, I tell the people what's Tell the people about your joy right now. Tell them about the joy that you just had at the end of the last episode. I'm having episode. a great time. No, no, but tell them about the end of the last episode and how happy you were. You were like a kid on Christmas watching you. Well, I don't. I said I don't want to jinx it. I've got a bunch of pizza in my mouth. I'm sorry. I think our audio issues, at least for the time being, have taken a turn. We finally got this new rig. You guys should have seen it. When Javier's episode ended, Mike was literally on the floor like a kid unwrapping his presents, giggling like an idiot while he listened to the sound of his own voice. It was some <laughs> egotistical bullshit. It's but not it, that. No, it's kidding. not about that. I'm just kidding. No, we I'm, just... It's not even just the show. We've had so many incredible bartenders come on no and doubt. share their stories. And just like Ju Young tonight, 
coming out, taking time out of their schedule to come and be with us. Once again, bringing all the ingredients to do this. And whenever we've had audio issues and the episode is, you know, hard to listen to, it kills me inside because it's a disservice to not just the listeners, but to our guests, yeah. to the guests who come. And, so, And I don't think we, you know, I know we talk a lot about audio issues on the show, but I think uh, people don't really fully understand how passionate Mike is. Um, he is a true audiophile. He works so hard on post-production. Yeah, he is fuck the Mac, re- too. He is the reason these episodes <laughs> come to your ears. Um, you know, he is the one slaving away three, four, five hours editing these episodes. So I'm really excited for him. And it was nice. Well, and again, a big shout out to... Was, it's nice to see a smile on your face. Yeah, it's a big shout out to Jason and the guys from uh, It's a Sin podcast. We're going to have them on the show. But they recommended this. It was an inexpensive... Um, new rig and it's been working really great so cross your fingers and uh, hopefully the audio is a lot better here on out absolutely very exciting um, all right, let's get right into it. Before we get into the show, as always, guys, we love you. We thank you. You are the best listeners in the business. We do this show for you. And if you guys can continue to support us, we can still uh, or we can continue to grow this show. Take this um, to more bartenders. Take this from coast to coast and keep bringing you guys great stories. If you want to support us, please listen at the end. You know, Mike and I do these great alcoholic-soaked uh, outros where we really, you know, you can hear the deep relationship, you know, the love and uh, hatred for each other that we have in the outros. But we'll tell you all about how you can support us on social media, how you can get involved as a producer, get some sweet show merch, um, you know, or just join us for an industry night happy hour. So please listen to that stuff. If you want to support the show and help us grow this community, uh, the, that last little outro part is the way to do it. So listen in there. If you're struggling, we always talk about how this business is tough on mental health and a lot of people are self-medicating. If you are struggling, please reach out to us. Look, we are not professionals in any way when it comes to mental health or substance abuse, but we would love to talk with you. you we've dealt with a lot of these same uh, issues in this crazy business. We want you guys to be happy and healthy, so please email us, reach out. We're always available. And um, if you need professional help, Do not wait to seek that out. At the end of the show, we will always have those services provided. We have a help and support line there. So, you know, get healthy, get, you know, get yourself right and come back and keep enjoying the show with us and enjoying talking about this crazy business that we all work in. So, Mike, anything else before we get into it? Let's rock and roll. Hell yeah. All right. We have Ju Young and the best little whorehouse. Okay. How are you doing tonight, Ju Young? I'm doing well. Fantastic. What's it like to watch Mike and I just uh, aimlessly banter back and forth for three minutes while we ask you not to talk? It's actually very impressive. <laughs> oh, well, don't blow his ego up anymore will, than he already, it's already is, you know. <laughs> I will take that as a compliment, but I've been talking to brick walls since the day I popped out. I don't think, I don't think it's that impressive. It's, I bet you got some of those brick walls to go home with you, It's though. more than... Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, there have been more than a few drunken nights where I've woken up and I'm like, why do I have scrapes all over my body? Oh, that's right, because I was walking so drunk down the sidewalk, I fell into the brick wall and then I walked a whole city block against okay, it. Okay, so. well, that took a different term, but yeah. go on. No, but um, uh, yeah, I can't help uh to stop talking but i want you to shine on the show so we're so happy to have you tonight thank you for coming on and thank you for bringing all the ingredients for your drink oh, that yeah. uh, truly that helps us out so much ju young like all the other uh bartenders that have come on this far have uh for vegas have been uh basically sponsors of the show because you're bringing everything that you need happy to compensate you for it but truly saved us a lot of time yeah, we and really appreciate that especially coming out of town to set up this whole rig but um so my, my first question I always like to ask people is what really motivated you to come on the show? Why were you interested in joining us? Um, well, 
I guess a lot of guests have always told me I have really funny stories and they sit at the bar just because they want to talk to me. And we just, after one, two, three, four drinks later, I was like, oh, it's kind of like being at work in a sense, but yeah. this would be more fun. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and we, and, and trust me, we want, uh, we have heard the legend uh, from our friend Wendy and we would love to unpack some of the stories. I know we're going to on the well, gauntlet. Well, yeah, because it's not just you young, it's the ninja of all ninjas. And Where you does said, his name come you, from? Yeah, you said there's a little bit of a backstory to that. Yeah, so I was uh, working for this company as um, their, like, I guess, corporate mixologist in a sense. Like, it wasn't really that big of a company then. But we were in a meeting, and it was kind of like in a boring meeting. So we were all just texting back and forth. But then, like, someone started emailing us. So we were answering all the emails. But everyone kept changing their little uh, the signatures at the yeah, bottom. okay. So someone kept saying, like, from Tokyo Disneyland, from this, that, where, and they kept saying, like, all these random different things. And I was like, I'm going to shut this down. And I just went, from the ninja, all ninjas, and sent it all out. They went, oh, come on, really? <laughs> I was like, I told you. There it is. <laughs> Beat you to it. And that's, that's some surgical, uh, to, to wield the ninja of all ninjas like that is very, very surgical. So uh, I dig it. And it's a great name for a bartender. Somebody mm. back there um, cutting through all these crazy recipes and drinks and, and um, you know, performing. Uh, um, almost like, almost like in the shadows, right? You know, you make your drink. It's whoa! It's in front of me. Where did the bartender go? Oh my god! It's, so I think I think it's a very fitting name. Very fitting your drink name appears in front of you. You look behind you, and there's Ju Young and, <laughs> <laughs> with the nunchucks. <laughs> drink up and get out. No, that's a good question. Time. All right, what's your what's your preferred ninja weapon? That's hmm. a great question. I don't know, but. I guess if I had to choose, it would probably be a sword. A sword, yeah. like a katana, maybe. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. Classic. I'm into it. But not like a really long one, like no. like a, a decent sized one. Yeah, I'm sure there's a name for that, but I, I dig it. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> assassin level stuff. You want to be able to stealth your way in and out, uh, you know, very very easily. So, um, well, that's awesome. I think that this is going to be a ton of fun um, to unpack some of those stories, and and we're we're excited to hear what you got for us. But let's start with this drink. What a fucking name. Okay, <laughs> the best little whorehouse. What? First off, where do you even come up with the name? Uh, so I work at this place called Here Kitty Kitty. It's uh, another great name. <laughs> so it's called Here Kitty Kitty Vice Den. So there's um, that speakeasy also exists in Singapore, and so they brought one here. Okay, very cool. Because okay. the resorts world, uh, um, the casino resort is actually from Asia. Okay. And. The first day, like, uh, I was working at this other restaurant, and they moved me over to work at this speakeasy because we took over, and they're like, we need to revamp this whole thing. I was like, here we go again because that's what I do. I just go in and innovate places. And um, the director of operations told me, he's like, okay, we want to revamp this menu, but we want you to think about this is a place. Like, you went to, like, a little seedy street in Hong Kong or somewhere. He's like, you got lost. You ended up somewhere. He goes... And all these like random shits happening. He's like, he's like, there's like hookers over here, people playing dice over there. He's like, all the vices you can think of is it's just existing in one place. He's like, but it's classy. And that's that's the inspiration for the drink. Yeah. So like, talk about is, a tall on, order. This is what this is what like the owner or general manager is telling you like initial impression. Well, I think whatever the owners and. Um, the property was thinking like how they explained the place yeah. to this my director of operations is, is what he told me. Wow. wow. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. And they have all these other drinks in Asia, but I was, I was like, I wanted the one in Vegas to be like, and 
kind of like an inside look into Asia because like I feel like a lot of people in America feel as if they understand Asian culture, but they really don't. Mm. They understand like the facade of it or like what Bruce Lee told us. And it's like, <laughs> that's not where we are now. And it's like, I think people forget there's more than just Chinese people here. There's like all these other Asian influences. Right. And mm -hmm. that's also including like India and other places. And people forget like Singapore. And yeah. Thailand, like all this stuff Laos, is there. And, yeah. and so this became our signature cocktail uh, based on that. And the funny story is I was doing this like weird deep dive, um, internet search on the Google and all this other stuff. And then I found this, uh, I don't know how true the story was, but okay. the this, this story about how an American porn company went to China to film a porn, but they couldn't let them know that they were filming a porn because mm. in China you're not supposed to. Okay, it's like illegal. Yeah. And so like, uh, I guess they ended up filming it above this like little whorehouse. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. So the, the, I guess like the whorehouses totally fine. Porn, no, no, no. <laughs> so <laughs> naughty, <I don't>, naughty. <laughs> so I don't know like if it like the film was called Best Little Whorehouse, but then like you know there's the Best Little Whorehouse in Texas with Dolly Parton, and what? I was like, okay, and I was just like, I don't know, let's just call it Best Little Whorehouse. It'd just be funny. That That's great. great. That's great. So it's not, the name kind of uh, it kind of sounds like it named itself in some ways. It, it did. Yeah, it kind of was organic. Well, tell us about some of the ingredients in the drink because I'm really excited to talk about Baju or Bajou. So um, I wanted this to be like a, a a very easy cocktail for people to like recognize, but also um, where if they didn't know the word bajou, they just kind of skipped over it and it went through all the ingredients. And right. went, I want to order this drink because it, it sounds like it tastes good. But then most of the time people just go, oh, best little whorehouse. I'm definitely ordering that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. So I was like, you got to give it a fun name. Um, so I was thinking like a lot of people like something simple, like uh, like a sour or something. But I really like the bee's knees because I really like honey. Mm, okay. And so I was thinking of like how... Baijiu can shine like in a bee's knees, but I felt like the Baijiu was really strong for an American palate. So I wanted to do like a split spirit because like I feel like you can find a little bit more balance and then yeah. people can accept it better. And I, I think for a cocktail, you always need balance even when it comes to spirits. Mm -hmm. And so I split it with Hennessy because the, the notes I got out of the, we're using the Ming River Baijiu, which is um, kind of more of a blended Baijiu, but it's, uh, it's fantastic. It's these, these guys from New York, but they lived in China for like 15, 20 years or something. Yeah. And, and when you're talking blended, like, you know, I've done a little bit of research. The The sorghum is the main base, but a blended baijiu is going to have some other elements, maybe rice, barley, wheat, something like yeah. that. Is that the idea? Mm -hmm. Okay. Almost like a blended wine, different grapes yeah. coming together. Okay. So it's like there's a little bit more balance and flavor. All right. Because uh, like I've tried the ones that were 100% sorghum and those are toxic. <laughs> <laughs> Rocket fuel. Yeah. Um, so, and, and you, and why Hennessy? Right? Why Hennessy of all, um, you know, I can understand um, wanting to cut it, but of all the other things that could potentially complement this alcohol, why Hennessy? Well, I was thinking more like cognac. Uh, I always felt like grapes, like a white grapes or anything like that, also kind of tastes like apples. Okay. But like juicier. Yeah. And that's what I was getting out of the Ming River. And I felt like that those two were either, either complement or polarize. And for some reason with this, they complemented really, really well. came together. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm so intrigued to taste this. I just, I don't, you know, I'm not a huge cognac drinker. The only time I really am um, digging into cognac Visab is when I do like Grey Monnier, right? And I, yeah. I'm, uh, that's great. You know, that's obviously um, 10 year age cognac and French liqueur. And that's a, that's a great flavor profile and another kind of like blended type of alcohol that's, that's been popularized. But 
The Baggio sounds so interesting. You know, I went to college at West Virginia. I love moonshine. And they're, <laughs> the way that they're describing the distillation process of this, I'm getting moonshiny elements, mm-hmm. 40 to 60% alcohol. It's colorless, right? Uh, you let me smell it earlier, and it had this just like overwhelmingly pungent smell to it. And this is a dialed down version. Yes. So this is really cool. So tell the people about what ingredients they're going to need first. Because we always tell our, our guests, uh, you know, all of our listeners to stock up so they can drink along while, while we um, do the show. But tell them what the ingredients are and then how we're actually parting this drink. Okay. Uh, so you're going to need lemon juice, uh, honey syrup. When we say honey syrup, we don't mean the straight honey you get from the store. You have to cut it with some hot water and then stir it so it gets a little bit loosened up. Yep. Um, it's kind of like you, you kind of want to make agave. Yep. So if people had agave at home, it's like they didn't want to get honey. That's a good substitute. Um, but I do feel like the honey brings the flavor better. And honey honey uh, syrup is just honey simple. It's so easy to make, is right? It, is yeah. it a half and half? Um, I would do a little more honey. Yeah. Like uh, we do three parts honey to one part water. Really? Okay. Wow, that seems so, that's that's pretty potent. Yeah, so we want it to be a little bit more richer, a little bit more uh, binding, so that okay. it gives it a bit more texture. Okay. Binding is a great great way to describe that, I think. Yeah, and then uh, we we're using the Hennessy VS. Okay. Um, and uh, the reason why I picked the Hennessy VS is because for a VS uh, cognac, I feel like it's very rich, and it comes at a, a very good price. And so, like, if a guest wanted to make this cocktail at home, it, they won't break the bank. Okay, okay good. And maybe that, uh, when you say very rich, works with the honey as well. Yeah. Right, so so it, it gives it a bit more, bit of a base. And yeah. um, uh, I want to call it, like, more like, um, kind of like if you were putting things into light and shadows, like, it's the shadow of the drink. Mm. Okay. The and ninja then, of the drink. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the Ming River, um, it's a Baijiu. I'm pretty sure you can find it anywhere, but I'm not sure exactly what markets they're in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're here. Um, and just to spell Baijiu for people, it's B-A-I-J-I-U. Correct. Okay, for your American listeners out there that might not be uh, familiar with some pronunciation here, um, which I'm sure I'm going to butcher like 10 more times. <laughs> episode, and then uh, what we do is we actually inf- infuse it with green tea. That's why it gets that great color. Yeah. Like the one that we have here today has this beautiful green tea color to it i love that now how difficult is the infusing process the infusion process if somebody wanted to do it at home uh it's not hard uh the ming river is at 90 percent, or no 90 proof 40 45 percent. so it's uh usually the higher alcohol the better it pulls and, and flavor when you infuse it um i mean we do buckets of it i mean if you're mm. just going to do the one bottle uh it'll you could probably do it within a day or two really Okay. But we do it for I mean, we do like five to six bottles at a time, so mm-hmm. we'll do it for mm, uh, like a week. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And really yeah. allow it to soak in that. Yeah. Tea. Okay. Yeah, we really want it to be like over uh, infused. Okay. For it to shine. Okay. Great. So how are we parting this? Uh, you're going to do uh, three quarter lemon, three quarter honey, so equal parts lemon and honey. Okay. Uh, one ounce of the Ming River and the one ounce of the Hennessy. Okay. Okay. And you, I see you also have some bitters up there as well. Is that yeah. So, uh, come into the player? Yeah. So I add a little peach, uh, bitters to our cocktail, uh, because it gives it a nice little fruit flavor to bring out those notes out of the Ming River. Yeah. Um, I found peach to work the best. Uh, the apple bitters kind of taste kind of funny. Well, peach works so well with tea, right? So yeah. You, make the, you can see how that infusion could be brought in uh allowed to shine even more from that bitter too yeah so uh, or you could use uh peach liqueur but you want to use very little of that because it's very sweet okay awesome well why don't you whip some of these up and while you're doing that i'm going to tell people just a quick little cocktail history um 
I was really fascinated to learn about Baggio. Obviously, we told you guys a little bit about how, and and this is a rudimentary way to describe it, but it is almost like Chinese moonshine. I mean, it is using sorghum, and gra- which is a type of grain, to distill down into a very high alcohol content. It is known to be little sips of fire <laughs> is what it, it kind of uh, has a notorious connotation of. Now, when um, when Ju Young first got here, I was asking her a lot about it because I was so fascinated. I'd never heard of this alcohol before. And she told me that at big dinners, family dinners, events like that, that people will sit all throughout the dinner and drink little thimbles of Baijiu as they're eating. And they're just pounding Baijiu, taking a couple bites. Pounding Baijiu, taking a couple bites. And this is going all like on over and over and over and over again for the course of like eight hours as people are like eating, drinking, eating, drinking, passing out, waking back up, having more Baijiu, having more to eat. Sounds like my kind of dinner party. I love that. <laughs> yes, I'm all in on that. So fiery little sips I thought was an interesting um, – uh, interesting, just like little uh, description of this alcohol. But, you know, we obviously have tequila and, and we call it fire water here in the States. But I thought that was, you know, for anybody foreign to Baijiu, I thought that was something interesting. Now, the other part of the cocktail history I wanted to talk about, and Ju Young, maybe you can speak into this as well. When you sent us this drink, you made the point that if you specifically in house at, um, you know, at, at the bar at Vice Den, you guys glass it in a Nick and Norbert glass. Yes. Right? Which I thought was a really interesting choice. Um, and I, I don't, you know, we haven't talked a lot about glassware on the show. Flutes and tumblers and Tom yeah, Collins glasses. Yeah, talk a little bit about it. My, martini glasses. We haven't talked a ton. And so I, I actually got a little interested in researching Nick and Nora glasses uh, for this uh, cocktail history. So Nick and Nora glasses were popularized in the 80s by a guy named Dale DeGroff. At the time, he was the um, the cocktail director and, and food and beverage director at a famous little place in New York City called the Rainbow Room. You may have heard of it. Um and so D- Dale is running the cocktail program at the, at the Rainbow Room, and he is getting frustrated because he's, he's kind of cultivated this menu of pre-prohibition cocktails um, that he doesn't want to serve in full-size martini glasses. He, he doesn't like the conical shape of the glass. He doesn't like the portion size to the glass. He doesn't like the presentation with garnishes. And so he's trying to come up with a, a better glass, and he actually commissions a local um, like a local uh, glass blowing place called Minner's Designs to come up with a smaller martini glass. And he actually pulls it from a Prohibition era film called uh, The Thin Man, which was all about these gangsters and, and underground speakeasies and stuff. And, and that's how this, uh, this particular cocktail glass got popularized. And he named it the Nick and Nora glass because Nick and Nora were two private investigators, okay, cool. fictional characters in the Thin Man films. Cool. And so I just thought that that was a cool um, little thing. But he was you know, in great search of a little martini glass that could allow his cocktails to shine a little bit better. So very fitting for this drink. Um, and I can understand why you guys chose that as your glassware. We're using tumblers tonight because mm. we, are, <laughs> we are not fully prepared for these sorts of things. But um, thank you. This is a beautiful color. It has... Uh, Again, kind of almost looks similar to the daiquiri we yeah. just had, right? Almost like apple cider. Yeah, it has that. Uh, I, 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 what I'm seeing is like a smoky tea, right? Mm-hmm. Like a smokier green tea mm-hmm. color. So, um, well, you guys know what time it is. Let's raise our glass if and you're out there. To stay true to form, not to interrupt you, but since this is inspired by China and Hong Kong, how would you say cheers? 
Well, I'm Korean. So. I, well, I just didn't know, but just because this is from you, this was inspired by like the Korean. Hong Kong, yeah. and that, yeah. it, uh, that was correct, right? So, yeah. how, how would you say? Do you know how? All right, fine. How would you say "cheers" in Korean then? Yeah, uh, we say "kumbae." Kumbae. All right, kumbae. <laughs> I'm pretty sure people at the best little whorehouse whorehouse say "kumbae" as well, but uh, <laughs> I don't exactly know it in Chinese. I'm, yeah. like, I'm trying to remember. I'm like, I swear to God, I've probably heard this a million times, but. Well, well, we'll have to we'll have to pin that one down. Maybe maybe Mike can circle back on that one for us. Thank you for derailing us there. If you were <laughs> listening along, if you were mixing up that cocktail, you know what we always say: don't just listen along, drink along. Damn Skippy! All right, let's hop right into it. The first category is what we call our drinkin. It's like service industry LinkedIn. So I want to learn about how you got into the business, the different positions you've held, and where you are now. So first, what was the first job you ever ever held in the service industry? Uh, I'm originally from Philadelphia, so I was born and raised there. Um, and what about in Philly? Well, I grew up in a city, in like Delaware County area, in, in an area. Delco. <laughs> this is our second Delco bartender. <laughs> yeah, I love Delco. <laughs> These motherfuckers are crazy, and they're unkillable, and I love them. You guys are are, are a wild bunch. Yeah, we have grit. You you do have grit. <laughs> you do have grit. Well, that's our survival skills. And yes, no doubt. And, and hey, look, it's a good time to be a Philadelphia fan. Everything's going right in Philadelphia. It as sure we, is. <laughs> as we, we speak this podcast. But So you're from Philly. Yeah, and um, I worked at this place uh, called the Pyramid Club. It was a, um, like a business club that was part of a, a bigger organization called Club Corps of America. So they're like business clubs throughout the world and uh, throughout the country. And I worked at the one in Philadelphia. Um, I got the job because I told the general manager to take a chance on me. <laughs> um, That's literally what you said. I, I literally said, uh, wouldn't you like to be the pioneer to start my career? <laughs> That's a good line. That's a good line. I dig that. I like the confidence. So what was the first job you did there? Uh, I was a server. Okay. Because I guess they ran out of servers. So they... Your serving tables. First time. First time. Okay. What was, uh, I mean, what was that like? Were you intimidated or were you like, I, I got this and you kind of faked your way through it? I want to say I was intimidated because like this was a big venue. Oh, like okay. one side of the room held like 300 people. Oh, Jesus. And like this was a big business club. And um, Do you, are, you, are you mostly daytime business? Yeah. Okay. And then we had a lot of like uh, like dinners and stuff too. Now I'm saying, right. So this is the the executives from, you know, all the local Fortune 500. Exactly. They get out of their first work meeting at 10. They come over. They have a martini soaked lunch. For, yeah. <laughs> that scene from Wolf of Wall Street where uh, Matthew McConaughey just there. Oh. How many times do you jerk off a day? Those are rookie numbers. You got to get those numbers up. <laughs> All right. Um, second question. What is the extent of your service industry experience? So, you know, I always, uh, I try to get our, our guests to kind of rat-a-tat this one off. Tell us all the crazy different positions you've held. Hmm. Uh, I was a parking lot auditor. <laughs> that was a weird job. Uh, I taught kids how to read. Oh, you're going all professions. That's cool. Yeah. I just met then, in the service business. Uh, I mean, I, I've held all of them. Um, I've done dishwashing to uh, working the, as a line cook. Okay. But not in the hot side, just the cold side because I passed out in the hot side. But you oh, worked yeah. in the kitchen stuff. Yeah, That's I worked in the kitchen. I, I exp- respect that. I uh, expedited. Uh, that was a lot of fun. <sighs> Expedition was like way more fun than anything I, I ever did. Really? Yeah. Like it was just fun watching the tickets go by and you just tell the cooks and they hear back it's great you're you're a rare breed you don't hear that a lot of people i love x <laughs> well, i like chaos like i know i like to handle chaos okay well then that's a perfect job for you because you know the the rule of thumb in the restaurant business is nobody wants to do expo because that's the one job that front of house and back of the house is always mad at 
the kitchen's mad because Expo's not getting shit out of their window, and the front of the house is mad because Expo's not getting shit out of the window. But it's just two very different sides of that coin. So that's that's a tough gig. You got a lot of you got a lot of heat on you. So I did that. Uh, I tried to be a song and wasn't very good at it. So that's when I began got into bartending. You're like, I'm going front of the house. Yeah, I've you, done managing. I mean, you name it. You have to admit the money front of the house, though. It's just, whew. I mean, there are places they pay cooks well, but there are majority they don't. Yeah. So. It's, it's a game changer when you go front of the house and you see that money and, and you get to bullshit with people and they can still pay you. So um, that's wild. Um, so you are seasoned. You're, you yeah. have some management experience as well at this point. Okay. Um, well, tell us a little bit about where you are now. And I know you is – it, is it Vice Den? It's, it's called Here Kitty Kitty Vice Den. Here Kitty Kitty. Sorry. Because everyone calls it Hello Kitty, but it's Here Kitty Kitty. Here Kitty Kitty. <laughs> um, which is a great name. Here Kitty Kitty. You know? <laughs> which, when they're trying to... That's know, what we're trying to tell people. When people like, Here Kitty Kitty. <laughs> when people are shaking dice and there's hookers in the corner and there's chain smoking at the bar, right? Like when, when you're trying to create that vibe... I, the Here Kitty Kitty line is very creepy, and I'm into it. Like, <laughs> it is super fitting. And, for, for and the best little whorehouse is the official, or the, the, the house drink, correct? Yeah, we call it, we, I mean, we consider this our um, signature cocktail. Yeah, yeah, and it's delicious, by the way. I, I love the honey, because I'm not particular uh, about really sweet drinks, yeah. but yeah. like, honey is different. It's it's such a rich flavor, and it's not it's not overly sweet, but it's yeah. so sweet. It is like the best little whorehouse, but with the other liquor in there it's sweet but you can tell it's dangerous too yeah. so. and you're so right when you said in, in taking the baijiu and cutting it with the hennessy you mentioned uh that you picked up the flavor notes of the apple and that might really work with the hennessy you can absolutely taste first when it hits your tongue that juicy apple mm-hmm. right and i think that's also brought out by the tea it's like this green apple kind of like flavor to it um, but the thing that follows up that that apple flavor for me is I get that really oaky kind of whole old you know aged whiskey flavor, and that's the cone that cognac is in there. Like you you clearly take the cognac in kind of the second half of that that sip as it's starting to go down, and I love that. Those two together are, are a great compliment. But um, so tell us a little bit more about where you are now. Do you strictly bartend at Hey Kitty Kitty? So, here, kitty, kitty. Here, kitty, kitty. Here, hey, kitty, kitty. kitty. Hey, kitty, kitty. <laughs> here, here, kitty, kitty. Hey. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm the one. I'm one of. My, I'm basically the main bartender there. Okay. So, like, I mean, I guess I'm the lead bartender, but yeah. my pay doesn't really structure that. <laughs> but uh, tail is old as time. Yeah. So, but um, I'm basically the lead bartender there. Um, I help them make the menu. Um, I like uh, approaching menus as like a kind of like a think tank thing. So I allow the other bartenders to also work That's with me, awesome. me full time to also put input. So that way they're also learning something, but they're also oh, wow. advancing and they're telling me what they want to do and what they want to learn. And then it helps them out. So like that, it becomes it kind of becomes more like a collective team. And I feel like the, the more we do well, then we can translate to the next person so it kind of goes along and then they got skin in the game yeah exactly yeah they're part of it i think that's lost on so many establishments where they they're like this is how it is and this is the menu and cook the damn food and serve the damn drinks and it's like i have i have no investment in this place right like you gotta you have to give me something that i can sink my teeth into and if i do i might be more loyal or more inspired to sell this brand so i'm actually really intrigued by um the aesthetic that you're you're describing here that this is like this this uh seedy asian back alley uh bar that you can go in and get into every vice uh, available i i would re- i kind of like that scene as an idea <laughs> it's like uh it's like a hong kong dive bar right yeah 
I, I really want to check this place out. I hope you have some pictures to share with us. We would love to promote them. I'm sure um, they have stuff on Google, right? Yeah. Well, we have an Instagram, but I don't know if all of our photos are on there because we just got our marketing team to be like getting content and everything. Cool. Uh, like, I don't know why they waited a year, but so, that's how most things you'll are. You'll have some new stuff coming then. Yeah. yeah. Is it a fairly new joint? Are you saying you've only been in operation for a year now? Yeah. So uh, it's inside of the Resorts World uh, Casino Resort. Okay. Um, and... Uh, Originally, it was part of the food and beverage department, but now it's part of the nightlife. So we're actually part of Zoot Group, which is like the entertainment and nightlife uh, venue and, I guess, department of the um, the whole casino. Okay. Very cool. Okay. So you're starting to get a little bit more marketing help and production yeah. behind you guys. All right. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to see where this goes, and I'm hoping that maybe even tonight we can try to sneak out there because that sounds like a really unique mm-hmm. sort of venue, and I'd love to check that out. But um, guess what? There's what? no escaping it. It's gauntlet time. Are you ready, Chu Young? Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? I mean, get, I, I'm here. Break, break out your katana and just get ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> now, the key to the gauntlet, and, and really the only option you have, is to go forward. You can only go forward. Keep moving. Keep cutting through questions. And, and we will, we will uh, I believe, get through to the other side. As uh, Jim Morrison said, break on through to the other side. All right. Here it is. The gauntlet. All right, Ju Young, question number one, pet peeves and misconceptions. So these are your pet peeves for the industry, coworkers, yourself, something that you just like get annoyed by consistently, uh, consistently or misconceptions that, you, that people might have for the service business, things customers don't understand. Biggest pet peeve, uh, I am very OCD, but I'm also very like, clean oriented like if I've told you once I told you twice and if I have to tell you a third time I am yelling at you (laughs) we have a problem yeah like I I expect you like once you clean your tins and stuff like wipe your service station stuff because like I think a lot of bartenders and even service managers uh, forget to see is that the area that we're in like especially at the bar and people sit at the bar can be seen and everyone can see what's going on and it's like if you if you bartend dirty then they, yeah, the guests can see. Then they're it's like, obvious. then they think their drink is dirty. And yeah, of course. How do you feel about bartenders that pick up a bottle to use it, leave it where they use it, and don't return it back to its its place on the shelf or on the rail? If I could slap them, I will. <laughs> <laughs> see, you, you uh, we are kindred, so, you we seem, are kindred spirits. You seem so when you came here. You seem just so nice and approachable. But I feel like there is that that vicious side of you. Oh. Like you said, well, you, you'll yell at them. if, if you People call talk. me Tiger Mom for a reason. <laughs> you, sometimes you got to be a motherfucker. I'm not the saying you is, don't. Is, yeah. Are you going to push me to become <laughs> no, a motherfucker? No, I, I will clean all my tins, well, I promise. People, I think it's also funny because everyone, until they wait, they wait till you hear where I'm from and I said, I'm from Philly and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> don't fuck with that girl. <laughs> she, oh, wait, what, Delaware County? Oh my God. Oh my God, Delaware, we love you. We love you, Delco. Um, that's a good one. Any misconceptions? Because I feel like, um, I feel like one of the things we haven't pressed enough of our Vegas guests on so far is people come to Vegas with a mindset: I'm going to get fucked up. I'm going to party. I'm going to win money. I'm going to whatever it may be. What misconceptions do people have that you might want to set them straight about? Maybe and maybe these people have never worked in the service business. Well, first off, Vegas bars not all bars are open 24 hours. Okay, that's a good one. Everyone comes in, they're like, what do you mean you're closing at midnight? And they're like, what do you mean it's you're closing Vegas. at two? It's Vegas. 
<laughs> and it's like, no, we don't have license for 24 hours. 24 mm. hours, you have to be a gaming bar. You have to have this. There's so many rules and regulations they have no idea about. Yeah, we've been learning a lot about oh, that. Oh, we have yeah. been learning. Like a lot of people come here, they want to make a lot of money, but they don't realize there's a lot of rules and regulations yeah. to become a bartender. Oh, the apprenticeships server. and everything. Yeah. The incredible. union, the refusal yeah. system, the on-call system. I yeah. mean, it's wild. It's wild. So yeah, yeah, you can make a lot of money, but there's a lot of hoops to jump through. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. I think uh, the the town sells itself as a lawless sin city, mm-hmm. uh, and then you're like, guys, regulations, mm-hmm. rules. All right, <laughs> rain it in a little bit. Okay, we're closed at midnight because we don't have casino, we don't have table games right here on the on the floor. But all right, that's a good one. Uh, number two, best and worst tips. Now these can be obviously monetary tips, or you got stiffed. But it can also be. Yeah, just uh, maybe uh, uh, an interaction you had with somebody. Sure. It can be <laughs> or, non-monetary. Something, you know, a gesture, <laughs> a gift that a, a customer yeah, made. Yeah, a unique gift. Something special that somebody gave you that, you know, maybe doesn't have a lot of cash value, but maybe meant a lot to you. Is that good? You like that? Story? That was great. <laughs> well, okay. I can answer in three different ways. Okay. Monetary-wise, I think the most I've gotten was $1,200. Ooh. Single tip. Single time. tip. And this wasn't like a buyout or like an event or like anything. What like ha- what happened? Or like, yeah. or like gratuity. Well, I just kind of made the guy give me money. <laughs> oh, God. Were you she like had the katana out? As yeah, well. <laughs> you had somebody at knife point. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, or sword point. Excuse me. Excuse. Excuse me. Um, no. Why? Uh, what? What was the interaction? What do you mean you made him give you twelve hundred dollars? <laughs> so he spent all this money. And he was like, "Well, I want to get your number. This, that, the other." I was like, "Well, this is my section, and you know, I'm supposed to sell at least five thousand dollars tonight for me to keep my job." You know, we, I mean, we're like storytellers, you know, what we do. Oh, so of course, I, just, of course. I, mean, I also went to school for filmmaking digital media. So think about it. <laughs> yeah. That's why we, and, and that's why we do the show. We're yeah. bullshitters, bullshit artists. And so I just made up the story or whatever. And then, so the whole night I was like, I was like, look, if you stay here, you drank all night, do all this, whatever. I was like, I'll give you my number at the end of the night. Didn't happen. <laughs> and uh, then I found out that he was a hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> really? And then I was just like, okay, whatever. And then like. It went on and on and on, and I was like, I was like, he spent five hundred, five thousand dollars. I was like, okay. I was like, well, we can add twenty percent tip or whatever. He goes, sure. So he, I, I add the thousand dollars in. So then it's a six thousand dollar tab. He pays for it, or whatever. He goes, what else? I was like, I was like, so you think I'm only twenty percent? Oh my god. I was like, I was like, I did all this work for you. I was like, you stared at me the whole time. I was like, you flirt. I let you flirt with that girl, this girl, and that girl. I was like, yeah, you and, pressed on the ego. I was like, and I only got twenty percent. I was like, I was like, okay. So then he gave me an extra 200, but then he ended up giving more. So it actually might be more than 1200, but then like what I ended up taking home was 1200. That's Fucking great. Wiley. That's you got to watch these. You got to watch these ladies in Vegas. <laughs> bravo. Bravo. I don't think it's the ladies in Vegas. I think it's the ladies. Just the ladies. Period. Yeah. Do you remember um, uh, you said he was a hockey player? I don't care too much, but Steve does and there's other people who do. Do you remember what team he played for or anything like that? I'm curious if he was a Vegas Knight. No, I I think he said he was the Seminole. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, Canadian team. Interesting. Interesting. Cal- Did that make it Calgary. less interesting for you when it was a Canadian team, though? Yeah, well, I'm from America. <laughs> oh, no. It, and it also makes a lot more uh, sense that when you pressed him why he gave it, Canadians are too nice, right? Yeah, right. They're like, like, you're oh, like, dude, okay. I'm only worth 20%. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry about, oh, hey sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, 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 here's here's some more money okay. for you, eh? Wait, wait, I think the turnoff was like when he had to explain himself. He's like, I'm a hockey player. Oh. You're like, yeah. oh, 
Do you so now know? I have to pay attention? Yeah, you can just have a lot of money. You don't have to explain why you have That was it, like right? me at the Denver airport. Do you know who I am? Yeah, I do know who I, I am. do the Bartender <laughs> Rant podcast, okay? They, they stopped him at TSA because he had all these I had all this recording oh and they were convinced I was like bombing the plane. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. I'm my, Steve Haley. Look at my t-shirt. You're never going to hear the end of this from my sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. All right, so you said you had a few more, right? Yeah. So that was the good tip. What's the wor- What's the bad tip? Uh, bad tip, someone tried to tell me what I was. Whoa, explain. As in, like, I'm more than a bartender? Saying, like, I'm so smart, like, why am I just bartending? Oh, why are you just doing this? Yeah. yeah. You, and, you have so much more potential than yeah, just and I'm, this. I'm, I'm looking at them like, but I'm seriously just taking all your money right now, and you just got stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, can, I, can I just say, and I don't know this person, I wasn't there, they walked in stupid. Pretty yeah, much, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's okay. That's one that we talk about a lot on the show um, where people, is this all you do? Yeah. Is this all you do? But what, did they not tip you? That was all that they had to say? Well, they, first of all, it was like a 5% tip. And, uh, then, and then they added that at the end. And I was like, yeah, I was like, but you know, the most genius people in the world don't have the best jobs. Yeah. You know, I don't think that that's the way I'd want to tell somebody about how they're living their life. Hey, I'm going to walk into your job not pay you a fair wage mm. and then tell you about how you're making mistakes. I'm sure you'll listen to me when I do that. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, what's the last one? You said that you might have one that's non-monetary. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I consider it a good tip. I don't know if anybody else considered it a good tip because not only did they give us money, which was like a fair for like, because it was us and the team, but then we were talking about weed the whole time and I was telling them how like I digress the day with some weed at the end of the night and stuff like that so they were like oh and then they left like five joints in the in the book oh, okay. that's, that's awesome and that's then say make sure she gets this and weed is recreational in nevada so i mean it, I mean, it doesn't matter either way what are you a fucking cop bro <laughs> <laughs> spread them it is Jesus no i i actually have a regular right now um uh, he comes in, he only orders rumplements. I give him rumplements on the house. He pays me in mushrooms. It's a fantastic <laughs> Really? How many fucking mushrooms do you need? Uh, dude, let me worry about that. Yeah, okay? you should. All right? Let me worry about that. All right? But I just think it, it's, he doesn't come in often, but it's like once or twice a month, he'll come in and that's that's the transaction. And uh, it's it's great. It's a, you know one of those classic non-monetary tips that you get in this business. So, Mike, <laughs> tear up for number three. Question number three. I do like that, though, because I feel like you could smell that tip before you ever open the book. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've never, money never smells so good. So green. Can tip some green. Yeah, exactly. All right. So question number three, worst drink orders. And there's a few ways that we can look at this. It can be drinks that, number one, you hate to make, or it can be drinks that maybe you pass a little judgment on when you people like roll order them. roll your eyes when somebody orders yeah. them. Or it could be the worst drink that another bartender has ever made for you. Hmm. Well, I mean, I feel like every drink takes the same amount of effort, even though some do people... Really, do you really feel that way? Well, I mean, like a vodka soda is just as uh, effort-making as in a mojito. Because it's like, I feel like when when you're like, a, I guess, a craft bartender, like mm-hmm. you're going to take more care of making a mojito, but a vodka soda, you're just like, okay, whatever. But then you didn't realize the soda was flat or this, that, the other, then the guest comes back. And so then, you're saying that... there. Regardless of what you're doing, you have to pay. There's a there's a you certain level right. of detail yeah, and attention that yeah. has to be yeah. paid to every drink. Fair exactly. I appreciate that. So like that's to, why they call it craft. Yeah. So I, so I, I find that like when other bartenders make certain drinks and they don't notice those details, mm. 
I'm like, this is going to be the worst thing ever. They're going to bring that back. They're going to do this. And I'm just like, now we're going to remake it. And there, we go, there goes the cost. <laughs> and this is you watching your coworkers. Yes, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And so I'm just like, Ugh. and then I go back. I'm like, how long was that open? And like, I drill it in because I'm like, I tell them, I'm like, you're on stage. This is like you making a mistake on stage. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can't do that. Yeah. I'm like, remember, you own the bar. You own the stage. So Do you find you- it hard to motivate um, to, to get that level of care out of people? Or do you think that there are people that just, you know, either they have it or they don't. Like they walk in and they are passionate about this. So they give that level of care. They bring it for, to their shift. And then there are people that don't. I, I mean, there are some people that don't. And those are the ones that kind of weed themselves out. Yeah. They're not there for long. Yeah. And then, but like the ones that have potential, I look at them, I go, and one of my bartenders I used to work with said this is uh, someone that was training and said, if Jew's not yelling at you, she doesn't care about you. Yeah, right. You've got to be say. harder. I feel, like, I feel like you're even harder on those people. Yeah. Because like to me, like. I, you have to be. I look at it as, so I read this article from, uh, from the Harvard Review and they said, like, it's called the Harvard Method. And it said that. You hire potential or you look at potential and you push those push them the hardest because they're the ones that are going to be successful because they're the ones that are, go, are going to try the best and do the stuff. And like mm-hmm. they don't realize they have potential until someone shows it to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to yeah. me, it's like I can see some people. I'm like, you could be fucking amazing, but you're not doing it. You don't like, have the discipline yet. That's why I'm so mean to you, Steve, just so we can get that. I appreciate wax. that. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's why I constantly tell you to just fucking release episodes because somebody has to push you to release them. Well, you know what? After this new rig, I think we're going to be I in much better will. shape. <laughs> and, and, and you know the concept we're talking about. I was just having this conversation earlier this week uh, in regard to bartending. And um, we kind of, uh, the bartender I was talking with, we both hearkened back to the movie Whiplash with uh, J.K. Simmons and uh, Miles Miles Teller that came out a few years back where he's this prodigy j- drummer. He has all the potential in the world and he is literally like verbally, emotionally, psychologically abused by this uh, you know music teacher to the point where he breaks and uh, delivers the greatest performance you know, in, in not a, in his entire life, but maybe in music history. That's what the so movie's You're really saying about. you want me to break you is basically what you're getting at. Uh, baby, you broke me a long time ago. <laughs> Bullshit. But, uh, no, <laughs> I, I, but I do think, listen, it's a fine line, right? Uh, we always talk about how we need, we desperately need uh, respect in this business. And I think if you really care about these people, you will push them um, within the realm of respect, right? You can push somebody hard and hold them to a great standard and expect a lot um, out of them without telling them that they're a piece of shit. Exactly. And I think that that is, that is where um, it gets muddied, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why that's what our conversation was about was uh, this bartender came to us. We're really excited to, to have her. Um, but she had, she had been in a previous experience where she learned so much, but she was berated Constantly, and not in a, was she not pushed? In a, not in a constructive way. Was though. she pushed? Yes, and she would admit that the reason that she's so good now because she worked at this place. But was it healthy? Absolutely not. Yeah. Was she performing her best? Absolutely not. So that's, I think, the fine line. And I and um, but I, I love that about you. I love that you care enough to push people to to maximize their potential. I think that's really cool. Um, uh, let's let's move on to question number four. Okay. Did we actually get a worse drinks answer? Actually, never mind. Let's stay. Well, you no, know, is there is there a drink that when people order it, especially all the people yeah. filtering in and out, coming into? Vegas. I know you said it's the quality and care of the drink. I mean, I think okay, that so you kind of skirted us there. I would say the worst order is when someone don't realize what they're ordering, because they always say, like, "I had a guy the one time who said, I want a gray goose and vodka.'" 
I was like, okay. I go, we have that. And he's like, no, Grey Goose and vodka. I'm like, no, I get that. So you want, you want double Grey Goose? He goes, no, I want Grey Goose and vodka. I was like, I was like, okay. So I went, Grey Goose, took another cup, went vodka. And I went, Grey Goose and vodka. He goes, oh, I was like, that's what you ordered. And he goes, well, I want it with orange juice. I was like, okay. A screwdriver, yeah. I was like, and he goes, yeah, Grey Goose and vodka and orange juice. I'm like, Grey Goose, vodka, and orange juice. He goes, how much? No, like, it's $24. For Grey Goose and orange juice? I was like, no, no, no. You said Grey Goose and vodka and orange juice. Yeah. And he was yeah. like, oh. That's, that's almost like a dyslexic mental disconnect there. I, I, but I, I want to – I thought you made a good point when people don't know what they're ordering. Do you ever have somebody walk in there like, I want a Manhattan, and then you make a fucking just pristine Manhattan. You put it in front of them, and they either say, what is this? Or they pick it up and drink it. And they're like, Ew. this doesn't taste like a Manhattan. Yeah. And you're like, are you sure you know <laughs> what a Manhattan is, sir? I did have someone that asked me if when I made them an old-fashioned. And they said, where's the rest of it? <laughs> <laughs> so did you? Did, was there no cherry or anything in there? Well, is that why? Yeah. and then But I was like, but you told me to muddle a cherry and told me to muddle an orange. I'm like, I, I, I was like, I, that's not how I would make it. But sure, I, d- I did what you wanted. I'm like, there. And they're like, well, where's the rest of it? I was like, what do you mean rest of it? I'm like, there's whiskey, sugar, your fruit salad that you wanted. I was like, yeah. ice. I was like, I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, you're supposed to fill it up with soda water. I was like, oh. soda water? Oh. I literally looked at him and went, get the fuck out. <laughs> Bless his heart. My God. What a, what a maniac. That Now, we want to talk about, look, we talk a lot about judging people on the show. I got no problem if we're going to judge somebody that's going to sully a good old-fashioned. Absolutely. You know, it's one thing if you want that shit, your fruit salad muddled, okay? <laughs> I'll get over that. But you want to put soda water in an old-fashioned, my God, pal. All right? Get we, out of my We've bar. heard, so we, we've, what, it's, it's kind of weird because what we usually hear is the Tito's and vodka. That's what people order a lot. Tito's and vodka. And it's like, are you sure you know what you're talking Yeah, I want a fucking Tito's and vodka. You bring them just, uh, you know, a double, basically. And then they're like, this isn't right. And like, like you said, he's a, oh, no, no, with orange juice, you know. Or they want soda water. And they soda just, their, their brain is their brain having, working right. it, it's not The firing. point is you try and give them that out. Like, no, 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 you're obviously, you're misfiring here. Are you sure you know what you're saying? And then they just double down yeah. on it. So then you got to double down on them too. Yeah. $24, bitch, pay up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, number four, ultimate mistakes, fuck ups, yours or your coworkers. This is critical. You don't have to admit what you've done wrong <laughs> or the mistakes you've made. We always love when people are self-deprecating. But tell us about some of the uh, the fuck ups you've seen. Hmm. I mean, I definitely had where I made cocktails and where I put all the ingredients in. I forgot to put the liquor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Did so anybody just a catch it? Virgin cocktail. No, and then like, I'll, I'll shake it. I'm like doesn't feel right i'm like the movement's not there and i'm like fuck i was like and then i'll put the like right out. i'm like i'm just gonna shake it again and then pour it out um that's pretty cool that you can feel you you've got no point you can almost sense it yeah like i can feel like the ice movement and like the weight of it where i'm like this is what it should feel yeah. like yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like this is wrong because <laughs> yeah. I, I i listen to the ice and i can i can hear it if it's wrong yeah it's really yeah. weird. No, it makes sense. The ninja of all ninjas, the ice whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many nicknames now. We're gonna we're gonna stack them up before the end of the show. Um, um I was trying to think of another mistake or I mean, you're the one being hard on all these uh, all these rooks coming up. There have to be in a few times where you've seen them and you're like, What are you doing? What are oh, you I, doing? I did see a cocktail which was trying to hold a tray with both hands. Oh, that's a good one. That's a classic. And I looked at him, I'm like fingertips yeah underneath and she's like well i can't put it on my palms i'm like well i said fingertips first <laughs> off i'm like 
Now, Stronger. Now, was she one that had potential, or did she get weeded out? She got weeded out. Yeah, yeah. sounds like it. That's yeah. too bad. She was probably a lime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Um, but any any ones that like were calamities. I'm talking about drop trays. Like stopped the entire dining proceedings for a moment. Uh, okay, this is a Philly story. So yes, oh, yeah. I worked at a martini bar. Just to be clear. I want more Philly stories, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, we love that we're in Vegas, but we want, you know, we want your whole story. They don't story have to all be Vegas. Yeah. You tell yeah. us whatever you want. Yeah. So what's great is that, like, I feel like a lot of places I've worked, no matter what city I was in, I um, I kind of just, like, sort of, like, own my own place, and people just kind of let me do who, who I want to be. Yeah, well, they ca- <laughs> the, the katanas, it's, you know, it's... It's intimidating, you know. You don't yeah. fuck with. I do like feel that. like you have a no bullshit personality. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what did you say you said to that first uh, um, that first person who ever hired you? Why don't you be the pioneer yeah. to start my who career? Starts my career. The only yeah. person that You're says welcome, that yeah. is somebody with delusional confidence. <laughs> like, I mean, and and that is some shit that my brain would cook yes. up. Okay, I and so I I can understand that. Like, you don't you're not shy about who you are. You walk in, you're like. Jew Young, take it or leave it, bitches. <laughs> Here, here's what it is, right? Which is funny because when I was a kid, I was very shy. Really? Yeah. Like, I, I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this in front of these people because I didn't want to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And I think because I was still in that learning mode. Yeah. And I didn't want to be the person that made that mistake. And then you learn, did you learn that you that it was okay to yeah. make mistakes? Did you think that was kind of the critical shift? Yeah. That's the cool thing about yeah, this Yeah, but I feel like... Uh, if yeah. you work hard, you can make mistakes. I also feel, uh, you know, contrary to Steve and I, you're a person that actually learns from your mistakes and then <laughs> no, makes I don't. the next I actually, step forward after that. I actually intentionally don't. I, I like to double down and just continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. But, um, all right, so anyway, you're, this is back in Philly. You, and, and you said that you people just kind of let you have carte blanche as your working place. Yeah, and so, like, I was, I was a server at this place. And... Um, I guess it was like a graduation party or some sorts of college and like all these kids were there and they're all having drinks and this girl was just dancing, would not move out of my way. And I have like six tray martinis like in my tray, like above my head. No self-awareness. No self-awareness. And I'm tapping on her back, kicking her with her legs, like everything you can to touch. And she just kept going like this. I'm like, and just she, hit, batting back at you yeah. with her. And like, so she's acknowledging you, but she's just like, fuck yeah, off, just, leave me alone, I'm dancing. A, being a little bitch. And <laughs> she dances behind me, and I'm, I'm trying to shove her, and she hits my tray, and instead of going this way, I just went like this. Yes! <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> Your listeners couldn't see that. Um, but basically, when she got knocked, she made the deliberate choice to allow the tray to drop forward into the guest. <laughs> So it went all over her, and then she screamed, and I was like, oh. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, oh, well, I asked you to move. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this goes back to, move, bitch. Get, Get out, out the way. Sorry, that was yeah. the, from the last episode. We've got a lot of callbacks here. Thank you, Javier. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. I got to say, um, as far as flavor profile goes, I'm really, really enjoying this drink, and I think that there are notes of uh, the green tea, the bajou, um, and the Hennessy that are shining here. But I got to say, complimentary drinks back-to-back. I mean, mm. y- you know... Yeah, he- you know, he had that really, really high test daiquiri, mm-hmm. and it had some of those same. You know, obviously we're using lemon juice here, but it had some of those same elements of sweetness, um, of citrus. Uh, that that I'm not. I, I don't know if I'm crazy right now, but I think that the doc the Doctor Bird and um, crazy Jamaican rum and this Bijou are like distant cousins <laughs> because they're both sincerely high test. You bring your nose, this drink up to your nose. 
the, the mine, it is just gone, exploding so. into your palate. I mean, it is. Do you need another one? It no, is. Maybe some, after it a while. is some potent stuff. It is yeah. some potent stuff. So it is working, and that and uh, I got. I wish I could have been there because that is the instant karma. Yeah. In in that moment, that Absolutely. every every guest who uh, doesn't give full respect to their service staff deserves. Oh, and I'm sure that there were so many people, whether they were working there or just guests there, just just were overjoyed to see. Oh, they're that watching. Happen. They're watching from a table over. <laughs> yeah, they're like, exactly. They're like, yeah, she fuck got that what she broad. Deserved, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look. Question number five, and this shuts down the front half of the. Which gauntlet. I think I think is kind of funny because that really wasn't a mistake or fuck up on her or a bartender's. That <laughs> was a mis- it, that was a fuck up by she, the guest. She played it off as oh, one. exactly. Oops, yeah. Oops, my bad. My bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, which I love, but um, uh, it's it's um it's very 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 sneaky. It's a heady it's a heady play by you. But um, all right, number five, health code violations. So tell us about some of the crazy health code uh, issues you've seen. Now we've heard. Vegas is very much on the up and up because yeah. health and IG board super serious about getting back behind every crevice and corner and making sure everything's above board. So we might have to go back to Delco. We might have yes. to go back to Delco. And as always in this category, we say protect the innocent and the guilty, yeah. especially the guilty. Especially we have a, a you know soft place in our heart for the guilty. We we interviewed a Delco bartender once that told us uh, about this place called Town Tavern. Um, and it was <laughs> the, effe- the toilet. It was affectionately known as the toilet. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. And there, apparently, they had a really bad bug problem. And <laughs> you, your legs would get bit up while yeah. you were working. She it's not like you were outside. There was no grass. Th- she actually thinks that they were fleas. <laughs> and so... Um, they used to say that when you went to the town toilet that you needed to wear high socks. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of place that we're fucking talking about here. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I've worked at a lot of places where our health code violations were like high standards and we were... Good. Well, because I, I was also that person. I'm like, that's disgusting. Put that away. <laughs> You're crazy. You like, you yeah. see yeah. something like that, you got to fix it. Yeah. yeah like, okay. I, I'm, I'm also Respect like... Respect that. I'm like when there's like bleach people like I have to like clean things down and I'm like I'm like I'm like oh you can see that clean that I'm you like, missed miss the spot there <laughs> yeah like I'm that person um uh but I mean I was working a banquet one time and this was actually in L A um you so you worked out in L A as well yes wow I was in L A for like four and a half years what okay. what are some of the markets that you've actually been in the service business in um I did like event banquets in New York uh I. Did most of my stuff in Philly. Okay. Um, then I worked in LA, uh, Beverly Hills, and then um, Vegas. Wow. So ma- we're talking about some major, yeah. major uh, um, service markets. But yeah. sorry, continue. So you're working out in LA. You're doing this banquet. And I saw a server eat off a plate that got returned. Yes. Well, I've been there. And <laughs> like, but but what, what was even great was that it was like the food that was already eaten, and that you could uh, clearly see like a like half-eaten sandwich. We could see. Lipstick marks. Yeah. Well, that's oh, okay. my so God. So here's, here's my thing. So oh, I don't man. I don't judge somebody for eating off of a guest plate. Here's my thing, though. I will microwave it first for like 60 seconds because that's going to kill any bacteria or viruses. You're, you're a foul No, creature. I'm frugal. There's a difference. Okay. okay? You, you know what the weird thing is? And I'm being dead serious, and maybe you guys agree with this. I've, I've actually been wanting to ask this question on the show, and we just have never gotten to it. If I am at my house and a friend comes over and my fr- and I make some sandwiches and I eat my sandwich and then my friend eats like three quarters of his sandwich, it does not gross me out to pick up that like quarter of a sandwich that my friend has chewed on and throw it in my mouth and yeah. eat it. No issue there. Like I, I don't know why that is, but if it's somebody I don't know, I don't, I don't care if it's like a side dish that you never touched. 
I don't want any part so of there's, it. To be fair, there's a lot of, of context that goes into this. I mean, you see the person that was eating it, at least for me. So if they're a lemon, you're going to eat behind them, and if I, they're a lime, I'm, you're I'm, not? Is I'm that not what you're saying? I'm not even joking. <laughs> that has happened before. Like People are like, you're going to eat that? I'm like, I'm going to microwave it. Plus, I would have fucking made out with her if she would ask. Oh, yeah, I'll fucking eat so the chicken. your argument is, I'll eat, I'll eat after this person because I would have made out with them. Well, also, it depends on the food, too. It's not like I'm just scrounging and just like shoveling, you know, garbage disposal shit like into my are. face. No, if it's like, dude, I've worked in some nice places that had really expensive meals, and if they have a piece of giant piece of sea bass that was left over that they, they obviously didn't touch, I'll microwave that and I will eat it. I'm sorry, I don't care if you fucking. I could, you should see, you should see Jew right now. She's just like a sidelong glance, like just looking away from me. I don't fucking care. I will eat that shit all day long. And I'm this not gonna. Where to- we're getting okay. We've had a couple <laughs> drinks today. It's starting to turn. If you're listening along and drinking you know, along, this you. is the moment. You can all this judge is the me. moment fuck where you. it turns. And what a great time for it because we're about to go into halftime and we're gonna come out guns blazing for the second half of this gauntlet. We're gonna see where we go and what other uh, hidden little gems Mike is willing to admit on the second half of this gauntlet. Guns blazing and katanas a swing. Yeah, that's goddamn right. Um, Jew, fantastic. Okay, we're going to give you a little bit of break, and then we're going to come right back with the second half of The Gauntlet. This episode of the Bartender Ramp Podcast is brought to you by CIC PowerBox, your all-in-one portable power solution for AC electric, compressed air, and heavy-duty jumpstart. Our patented technology provides silent and emission-free power that recharges while you drive. With customers ranging from farmers and contractors to highway departments and military bases, the CIC PowerBox name has been put to the test for over a decade in the hardest working environments. Whether you're working remote or have limited access to a power source, CIC PowerBox will help you get the job done. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerBox.com to view our product line. CIC PowerBox. Wherever you go, go with power. Okay, we are back, people. I missed you, Barflies. I always do. What a halftime it was. What a halftime it was. Sometimes, you know, when we're not even doing the show, when I'm just driving along in my car, I think, I wonder what the Barflies are doing right now. I wonder if they're listening to one of our episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Mike's giving me a weird look right now. I know this is a strange introduction. What I was going to say is I wonder if any of them are making a critical decision. They've just ordered wings, and they need to know. If Ju Young likes ranch or blue cheese? Actually, both. Okay. Bravo. All good. So when, <laughs> All you, good when you go to order some wings, though, what do you do? You always ask for both when you order them? Or? Yes. Okay. Every yeah. time. Every time. Critical. Okay. Um, follow-up question. It, are there... Do you ever you eat them separately, right? Are there times where you're like, I like ranch with pizza or this, mm-hmm. or I like blue cheese with something else. So you're, you're just fine with both. You, you apply them as is, but with wings, you have to have both. Yeah. Okay. I feel like this is somewhat of a like, I don't know. There's an East Coasters thing going on here with like Philly and New York and Boston where it's like, look, I love my wings. Just give me as much sauce as I can get on the <laughs> you know? I'm a sauce person. Yeah. Yes. I, I could very much get lost in the sauce, as they say. But I love blue cheese. And the reason we ask this question is because, you know, uh it doesn't really matter if you like blue cheese or ranch or neither or both or you want to, you know, you always order both. You always order just one. My problem is that the ranch onlys are very judgmental people. And I have you ever noticed this? 
I've never noticed that one. I will now. Yeah, the people that only eat ranch, that that despise blue cheese, they look down upon us blue cheese eaters. That is true. As, as almost like second-class citizens. And I need to break that stigma. I feel like it's my mission in life to, um, to keep them from setting the social majority. I, we cannot allow them to win. We have to fight the good fight. I'm sorry. I'm going to get carried away here. But <laughs> no, I just don't like blue cheese eaters to be vilified. And I appreciate that you enjoy both. Yes. So we're in the I same. I feel like you might mix them together, though. Yeah, do you? Actually, I put hot sauce in my ranch. Ooh, hot sauce I like that. I like buffalo in my touch. ranch, like hot sauce in my blue cheese. But I also like blue cheese in my burger, so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, blue yeah. cheese crumbles, or we're talking about dressing? Crumbles. Crumbles, yes. Yeah. Low black and blue, low yeah. bacon, Saunt- black and burger. Sauteed onions, uh, some yeah. mushrooms. You know how I bring people to like blue cheese? Go on. Tell them to get raisin bread. Raisin bread. Raisin bread, put a little bit of honey and then put blue cheese and, and, and like toast it like so it's kinda of like a grilled cheese in a sense. Cause the raisin and the sweetness from that with the blue cheese is like Whoa. It's fire. funny you say that. So this is That is mind blowing. This is big time throwback to the place that Steve and I met was a diner called uh, the Nautilus Diner and they had one of the best salads I've ever had and it was a cranberry walnut blue cheese it was like dried cranberries crumbles yeah it was incredible with red, blue, white, and blue you get salad. blue cheese uh dressing on top and it was one of the best salads i've ever had in my entire life yeah so. red white and blue yeah it's a classic it's, so if you're not if you if you don't get blue cheese take jew's advice and do a, what is there a specific kind of bread you recommend raisin Ra- oh yeah yeah that's what he said raisin bread with a little bit of blue cheese and honey and honey and microwave that shit well, right. toast it, right? Or you said microwave? No, but I mean, if somebody else, it. yeah, but, toast but, it. But yeah. Mike, if somebody else has already taken a few bites of it, you you might as well just microwave. it. <laughs> you know what? She, you know, Jude did give me a pass. She said, "I, I forgive you." What was it? A quarter? I, I give got, you a quarter. Forgiveness. A quarter forgiveness for microwaving and killing all the germs, and you know, obviously, that means you're seventy five percent not forgiven. Dude. I just, I feel like Jew and I have had a couple of like misunderstandings, you know, throughout <laughs> this. Like when you know, when I was talking about asking, you know, how to uh, say cheers in Chinese, she's like, "I'm Korean." Was it implying that you were Chinese? <laughs> I just you gave us all this insight the drink, into the, into the Asian roots. culture sure, and, sure. and China and Hong Kong. So I just I thought you might know. So Mike, that's that's what Mike. Stop being racist. No, okay. I'm just saying when when she looks at my white face and my torn jeans, I don't expect her to know what fucking trailer park I grew up in. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not judging or, you know, in, in Trust me, it's the assuming anything here. I just so- feel like there's been some missed, you know, mi- misunderstandings Well, we're going to get back on track. Isn't that right? I think we're all motivated to realign over bad pizza and Miller High Lives and, and these wonderful uh, uh, best little whorehouse cocktails. I almost said dirty little whorehouse again. I don't know what's on my <laughs> Ooh, mind tonight. Can you, can you do a variation on the best little whorehouse oh, yeah. to make it a dirty little whorehouse? How would we do the that? The best little hmm. dirty whorehouse. Could we, like, smoke it? We could, or maybe coffee infused something. Mm, mm. Interesting. Because anytime they always say like something dirty, dirty it's like yeah. they, well, in the coffee world, it's at, at espresso. Mm. Yeah. Because we obviously don't want to put olive juice in this. No. <laughs> well, and no, and no, think no, about no. like a dirty bong water, which was like the, you know, years before the green tea kind of came on the scene. It has a similar color. I think there's something we could do there. But um, I dig it. Coffee might be. An interest, uh, an interesting thing to bring in with the Hennessy and the and the budget. Yeah, to, I think it so. could work well. Um, anyway, we'll see. While we're uh, <laughs> talking about your ratchet behavior, number six, <laughs> ratchet and crazy customers. Okay, these can be just people wiling out at the bar, people acting crazy, or it can also be yeah, sometimes just memorable customers. Somebody who just left a really good impression on you. Somebody that you'll never forget. Uh, hmm. I guess someone I'll never forget, there's, there was this one girl that used to come to the bar. We did not know she was a call girl. Oh, okay. 
She just looked like your normal, like everyday person that flew in from somewhere to go come in for a convention. Mm-hmm. But apparently she got paid a shitload of money to be there because someone called her. And I was like, that's the difference. They call you for you. You mm-hmm. don't go out there and hunt for it. <laughs> you're not. You're not. You're not out. You know, passing those cards out on the street on the strip. Yeah, like she's a classy broad. They call in, but she always ordered a drink. She was always tipped really well, and she was very nice to us. And if someone was mean to us, she would tell them to be nicer. Nice. What kind of drink That's did awesome. she order? Uh, it was whatever was on the menu. Uh, she tried to like have us all pick one or the she other. Tried she liked to things. try different yeah. stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. She she gave you guys space. Yeah, which is kind of cool. And then, like she she respected us, so we respected her, so we let her stay. In yeah, well, I especially feel like people that are in that kind of, <clears throat> you know, that industry, in, in any industry where you take shit from people, oh, you, you have you have a lot more respect for the people that other are professions yeah. where you have to take shit. Exactly. From yeah. Yep. There's, no a, doubt. there's a sense of camaraderie there. Absolutely, so. no doubt. My, um, you mentioned that she came in a couple times though. Like it's not like you saw her once. She came in a bunch yeah. of times. Was that was and is this said? Uh, uh, here, kitty, kitty. Uh, it was not a here, kitty, kitty. Okay. It was at my the last bar I worked at. Okay, was that like the place that she always got invited to? I guess. I mean, we did have a lot of conventions in town, and like the the other place I worked at was at the at the Venetian, <laughs> and we had a uh, convention hall that was attached to it. Mm-hmm. I see. So because see. there was a lot of conventions, we have all kinds of walks of life that come in. Yeah, yeah of course. for sure. And, yeah, and, we were talking about the AVN last night. So. And people in from out of town looking for trouble. Yeah. That's exactly. Who it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's a good one. I um, uh, when you also mentioned that she was unassuming. You know, obviously this this show is theater of the mind. We're trying to paint a picture for somebody who's just listening. So, you know, I don't want you to focus too much on what she physically looks like. But you said she's very unassuming. That she just seemed like a normal person coming in. How would she dress? Because I mean, okay, if you can basically spot the anyone that's like the lady of the night mm-hmm. uh, when in Vegas. Because uh, like they're usually like at the bar hanging out, but like they're dressed a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, however, like she would just dress like a normal person. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't go like overly like sexy or whatever. And she mm-hmm. didn't do this overly acting kind of like uh, attitude or like personality wasn't like... She was just normal. Very, yeah, she wasn't mm-hmm. very showy. Mm-hmm. She just was like the girl next door. Like yeah. you'd never know it. Cool. I dig it. And then... Uh, I appreciate you giving that a little bit, a uh, little bit more of a, uh, a crisp picture for our listeners. Um, all right, number seven: fights, arrests, and fires. Okay, this is when shit pops off. This is when you see what people are really made of. Look, I'm a pyro. I love a good kitchen fire. I don't want it to happen, but if it's going to happen, that's when I look around and be like, okay, you have a spine. You have a spine. You know what to do when shit pops off. And uh, the manager is crying like a little bitch underneath the service counter. Meat, right? meat for the grinder. Yeah, meat for the grinder is right. <laughs> uh, I did see someone's sleeve get caught on fire because they were lighting the candles. Oh, really? For, like, birthday Yeah. <laughs> so That's like, a good one. And they're just, like, trying to, like, let it out. And then you can just see them. And then you see other people blowing on it. Like, that was going to blow up. You're like, it is a massive fire going around. The fire likes the air. Do you <laughs> not understand this? I want to sit there and be like, did we not learn anything from school? Stop. 
Drop, Drop and roll. roll. <laughs> um, what about any fights or rests? Because I have to imagine, you know, we haven't heard a lot of these. Well, we, had, we heard a fight story, mm-hmm. but we haven't really heard any arrest stories yeah, but in this Even time. that fight, well, maybe this goes back to Delco, too. Yeah. Um, maybe even, I don't know, Beverly Hills. But, like, especially in Vegas, they were talking about, like, a lot of the people that are coming in here, they're not on their home turf. Yeah. So they don't have that confidence of my buddies mm. are here, and I know the, the area, I know the lay of the land. They don't um, act as provocative. And also, the security is much more on point here than in yeah. most places. So there's not, it, at least from what we've been told, there's not as many times where you see a lot of fights or anything like that. Yeah, happening. but maybe it's not an arrest, but have you ever seen somebody like really tossed? Like security has to get involved. Oh, we had, this is another, this has happened, uh, I'm going to say like two years ago, uh, right outside the last bar I worked at, uh, at the Venetian. Uh, there was a guy trying to stab people. Oh, just hanging out. Like, I guess something happened at the table and then he started walking and all the security surrounded him. It was literally right in front of my bar. Like in the like the casino area, and he had a knife and he just kept going like this, and all the security was going, like going back and forth, like trying to like just stay, stay away from Christ. stabbing. Yeah. Then some one of the other security guy from the back to, came around and just like tackled him. Nice. And we we're all just like, oh, it was like literally like an MMA fight. It was hilarious. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> that security guy's got to go in the next day and just feel like so jazzed about how good he is as his job. He's like, I just tackled a dude that was like. <laughs> Stabbing McStabberson, trying to stab everyone. Well, and people don't, especially like, uh, you know, in today's climate, people see people with uh, knives. They're like, oh, what's the big deal? He's got a knife if you've got a gun. It is very easy to end someone's life with a knife. Very, very easy to cause them or give them, it is, or give them nerve damage. I'm just saying. That's not why I'm looking at you like that. What are you looking at me like that for? You're doing like a PSA? No, no, no. I just being like. Knives are dangerous? So I saw saw a guy pull a knife uh, just when we were coming in, when we were in Albuquerque. It was like a GTA kind of experience. We just got done eating at this Mexican restaurant. There's a, a Dollar General or Family Dollar right across the street. This guy's running out holding like baby wipes or something like that. <clears throat> and the other guy from the work is chasing after him. And he's like, stop, stop, man, stop. They're kind of exchanging words. And they kind of stop in the middle of the street. And the guy turns around and pulls a knife. And then it, was, it really was like a GTA kind of moment where they both kind of stopped. And then they just kind of turned around and walked away from each other and just like fucking pussy. But it was, it was very, it was kind of surreal. But, uh, you know, you see that because it's very easy to take out and I'd be like, oh, fuck, fuck, I'll fuck with you, you know, and. Uh, but it can be a very serious thing. No it can. Don't fucking fuck you. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I don't think anybody questions the fact that knives can hurt people. <laughs> like, you're right. It is serious. Thank I you. Appreciate I appreciate you. It. I, I appreciate you really <laughs> unpacking that for us. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Um, it's weird. It. I. I. I think one of the things about the bar business is. Um, you know, especially like nightclubs and the high volume scene is like we always hear these crazy stories of like fights where somebody gets really hurt or, oh, my God, somebody brought a gun into a club or something like that. But it does seem to be the case that like when shit pops off locally at some local establishment, it's always a knife or like a box cutter or some stupid shit like that that really takes it to the next level. I mean, to this day, uh, the reason Mad River no longer exists in Baltimore, it's now the 101 Club, is because some 16, 17-year-old kid, I can't remember how young he was, uh, used a fake ID to get into Mad River um, to confront a guy that I, you know, he had some weird beef with. I think there was like a love triangle situation. And he ended up uh, cutting this guy's throat with a box cutter and yeah. killing him oh. right there on the dance floor. And um, yeah, so... 
Yeah, dude, knives are sharp, like Mike said, and, <laughs> and they can be dangerous. But um, no, I I think that's uh, that's exactly what we were talking about with this category. I do like that you said that it's like a UFC fight. Were, I can't imagine you were the only one when that guy got tackled that was going, oh, was it a collective? The entire bar was like, ooh, dinner oh. and a show. Yeah, we were literally, we all see it. And it were, I mean, of course, like. The bar was like further back, so it was, we were at the farthest point. Yeah. Well, all the all the staff and like everyone else is out like looking, but we were standing up on the bar watching. And we're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. How could you not? Right. Oh my god, that is that is a surreal moment. But I did witness a fight that was no knives, no guns. Okay, tell tell us about that. I forgot to tell you that I did also work down the Jersey Shore. Oh. <laughs> all right. Which okay. I'm glad we kept pressing on this. Now I'm not even mad about your whole knife PS. Good. Thank okay. You. Now I'm glad knife, you did. Knives are sharp, people. Knives are sharp. Knives are sharp. <laughs> knives are sharp. So so are katanas. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I was just right. about to go there. <laughs> so, what? All right. What beach town? Uh, Wildwood. God damn. God damn. <laughs> Why did it have to be Wildwood? Okay, I used to go to Seattle City every year. Okay. All right. So my Wa- friend's Wildwood father. Is trashy. Yeah, okay. My it's friend's trashy. father owned a nightclub there. Oh, what was it called? Shakers. Oh, <laughs> I am very familiar with so, this establishment. Yeah, so I I said, I was friends with his daughter and like everyone else. I was like, yeah. and they're like, you want to go? I was like, sure. I was like, I'll work one of the summers. And so I did. And I thought it was funny, but it was like, then we had one of the nights where everything was kind of crazy. And then there was a chick fight that happened right in front of my bar. And Here, kitty, kitty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, needless to say, it was like fingernails going, like going back and forth, scratching. Hair up. being pulled. Hair all. being pulled. I mean, like weed flying here and all this stuff going over there, nails yeah. chipping over there. And they're like, are you going to jump in? I was like, no. <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. My bar back thought it was fun, so he ran across and jumped over the bar just to stop it. Nice. Now, you, you know, uh, the classic thing when women fight at bars and it really gets intense is when they start to pull them apart, the last remnant that they hold on to is the hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to get that grip of the one girl has the other girl's hair. You have to <laughs> finger by finger de-grip her from that dude. It, it is always the last thing that they give up on. Like, you have to be like, it's over. You have six bouncers, ten times your size on each of you guys. Let go of her hair. Is that is that why you shave your head? That is why I shave my head. How did you know? You're prepared. How did you know? It was the last time I was at Shakers. <laughs> Thank God for your bar back. <laughs> um, all right, number eight. We call it the Ocho, the sexy Lexi. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. This profession creates an enormous amount of friction so you know between people um you know just stress and wanting to kind of check out for a little bit so tell us about the crazy partying the crazy debauchery that happens in and around this business oh my i don't know i I feel like i hear all these stories because i'm never there (laughs) (laughs) i stay away from all the you're the Weird one. Shit. You're the one being serious, making good cocktails, mm-hmm. making sure shit's clean, right? Coming in on time, being in uniform, right? Well, I also know, like, um, well, I know, like, in certain places where I work, I was always like a manager or something, so I was never always like invited, but I was also not allowed to be there, kind of sort of. Yes, set the tone. So, like, I, I stay away, but then I hear about everything, and I'm just like, oh, God, why? And then it's like someone. I mean, especially here, like someone got DUI. Someone got this. Like, I mean, it's just all kinds of craziness. Mm-hmm. Or like someone's like, I'm not, they're like, I don't like him anymore. Why? And it's like, I don't, I'm not seeing him anymore. What happened? And it's just like, he cheated on me or she cheated on me. It was like so many 
damn stories. I'm just like, I, I can't deal with this. A lot of it with uh, people dating in, inside Within, the industry. Yeah. 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 Which and, is why like, I don't date bartenders. Mm-hmm. That's a hard task. Wait, you don't yeah. date bartenders, period, or not bartenders that you work with? Bartenders, period. Yeah. <laughs> that is a hard and fast rule. Yeah. Now, have you, and I got to ask, because part of the gauntlet is it can't be all fun and games and easy. We got to put this cruise in. Is that a learning experience or a rule that you've carried over the years? Did, did you get burned? No, I think, uh, well, in the beginning when I was in, when I was in Philly and when I was in college and whatnot, um, I was, I, I also did like a, um, a, uh, like a graphics firm. Yeah. So like where we made like websites and stuff like okay, that. Okay, cool. I mean, I never did it. I had, I hired someone else to do it and I just took a percentage and like, um, I was kind of sort of seeing this guy who was also a graphics person. Yeah. And it was just like, everything I did was always wrong because he knew how to do it better. Ah. And it was just like, I'm like, is this what I'm going to get if I date someone that's in my industry? Like, they're just yeah. going to constantly berate that I'm wrong? Mans- or like Our relationship is based on mansplaining. Yeah. And like, I was just like, this is like, yeah. I was, I'm like, I, I also don't like when people tell me I'm wrong. I like to like <laughs> learn that I did something wrong and then like figure out how I did it wrong and like learn from my mistakes, like we said earlier. Yeah. But it's like someone just constantly telling me I'm wrong, but not telling me how to fix it. Yeah, it's, well, that's a problem. Yeah, it's kind of like annoying. So like I just said, whatever industry I get into, I'm not going to date the person, yeah, like the same rule. person. I have a similar rule. It's a little different. Yeah, I don't bullshit. date any men from Philly. That's my thing. Because and look, I love them. They're beautiful people. But like, I've gone to Steve's bar, and there's like his girlfriends there, and then like two or three of the other girls that he's dated are working there at the same time. So. <laughs> But you know what? He's a charmer. He's a sweet guy. He leaves all those relationships on good terms. No, I do not. <laughs> no, I do not. I had, I've left a lot of them on good terms, but plenty of them we um, – uh, let's just move on. But uh, like, no. like It doesn't mean I won't date someone in the industry. I just won't date bartenders because mm. oh, we're okay. too much the same. Do you think – uh, is there – this is an interesting question. I didn't think we'd get to hear. Do you, is there a particular um, – uh, Part of the industry where you you find people attractive, like for example, are you like into cooks because they love to cook and they're more stoic and like I, I don't know I know this sounds kind of crazy but like is there any particular character like character point that you derive from uh, some of the uh, other parts well, of this business in in a, in a broad sense just how like a lot of people find bartenders sexy yeah you know what I mean just just for the fact that they're a bartender they know what they're doing right 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 Thank so you. it's an attractive position yeah. yeah I mean I've only been told I was cool because I was a bartender not, not because <laughs> I'm, they're like uh, I mean I've had people come to the bar they're like you're so cool I'm like never heard that in my whole life but thanks <laughs> appreciate it appreciate it um, but I like chefs yeah, yeah. you do have a you thing for it. yeah okay. well I think because it's like it's the neck tattoos. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, um, they know things that I don't know, but we compliment each other in our work. Yeah. yeah. And so like I'm learning something from them. They're learning something from me and they like to drink. So they like to drink my cocktails. There you go. And <laughs> you like to eat their food. I'm assuming. Exactly. Yeah. I've also found that there are some very consistent. I mean, it's happened at more restaurants and bars than I can count where the personalities compliment the type of person that works back of the house generally is quieter, a little more stoic, a little more um, internal, right? More thoughtful, cerebral, uh, because you're not always that extrovert that needs to be with people that's right. presenting themselves. That's you're just focusing directly on correct, your craft. Correct, right? Yeah. You might be just as creative. You might be just as friendly and funny and all that, but you don't necessarily use your personality to make the money, whereas front of the house, that's something we have on display. Yeah. And as we always say, 
You know, the cliche opposites attract. I, I have seen more than a few times where those front and back of the house relationships form um, because of those, uh, you know, you can connect on your passion and creativity for food and drink, but you're very, very uh, different parts of a whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I thought I, I, that's kind of interesting. But um, I, I dig that. I think that's actually a good way to look at this category, right, is um, we always talk about the debauchery, but maybe we just talk about more about the the true social nature of like of uh, friction in this business. Um, Steve's getting all excited over there. Did yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, we start we started off by saying people getting in trouble because they date date people that they work with, and then it blows up in their face. And Mike had to put me on blast. But um, <laughs> yeah, I've been on a I've been on a tear here um, where like five relationships in a row. I've either worked with the person and this is not just in the restaurant business this is in the professional world as well i've either worked with the person or i've then got them a job where i work <laughs> and things have not worked out so i um i'm on a i think this one that we're going with right now is going to work out but um the lady if you're listening you know i love you um uh but no i just i i do see the pitfalls i do and i have been luckier than most to maneuver them um all right, question number nine, bar hazing pranks and games. Um, Mike. Which I already feel like it, maybe this is not your forte. Maybe it is. Maybe I I'm completely mistaken. Wrong. Beca- she's gonna be good at this. Because this is something where you're killing time or you're initiating a new person. So you have these different pranks that you'll play with each other to keep things interesting. Or you might have like a bar game, you know, that, you know, keeps the camaraderie and the cohesion going. But I also could feel like you're like, no, we don't have fucking time for that. We shit. clean, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, for the most part, because we, if we do the cleaning day by day all the time and like do all the stuff and put things back where they belong on a daily basis as part of our site work, then we have time to clean. Yeah, you don't you don't have we, to do you yeah, yeah exactly. It doesn't those, build up as much. Right. Then during those, the yeah. the, the downtime, we can do more fun things. Okay. Um, See, now I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I love this because I I resonate with this mentality because sometimes people are like you get really anal. It's like no. I like to have a good time. I like to have fun. These are the things that we have to do in order to get to that place where we can have a good exactly. time. Once all those things are done, then we can have a good time. So I, I, do, I really do yeah. resonate with that. Because well, like, fuck you, yeah. quit smiling at me, Steve. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I mean, like I, it's it's kind of like when you when you were a kid, and your parents always tell you to clean your room. It's like if you always cleaned your room, then you don't yeah. have to do it, and you just go play outside. Exactly. And so like I put that same mentality when it comes to work and everything else. Very true. And Very I, true. It, and to me, it's like it's also like safety first. So it's like if you do all this, then you don't have to worry about that. Then we can have fun as long as mm-hmm. you want. And then when a guest comes in, you can kind of be that playful person you need mm-hmm. to be. And like, you can bring that personality out. It's like, but if you're constantly doing the one thing, like you were saying, like, uh, pushing someone, but like berating them is not the way to do it. It's like, you want to bring them up. You got to be able to understand where that time plane comes mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Um, and to that point, uh, we do have some fun things. Like I think at this point right now, I hear kitty kitty, whenever there's downtime, we play heads up. Oh, okay. I love heads up. And then sometimes we play with our guests. Wait, what? <laughs> you really? Explain, explain heads up. So uh, it's a game. Uh, uh, I think Ellen DeGeneres like promotes it or It something. used to be like the word, pa- it's based on the game Password. Yeah. Where no one knows, uh, the, the person takes their phone, a name, phrase, pop culture reference pops up on that phone. Oh, they you put it up on their head. Phone. I yeah. played this. Yeah, Everybody yeah, yeah, else yeah. gives them clues, but you're not allowed to use any of the words. Yes. That's in that. Yeah. yeah, that's in that. Yeah. So that's always a fun. No, one. that's yeah. a fun one. Yeah. So we do the uh, we do the deck of cards that says de- act it out, okay. and and it's fun because like, you see people just going, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and we're going. 
<laughs> like making these like crazy gestures going back and forth trying Being to tell silly. people yeah it's and like like the one going up the stairs is the hardest one we're all like <laughs> trying to go up the stairs and they're like marching <laughs> <laughs> well come on you got to do the thing where you squat down first we and do then that you... <laughs> and then we're like this and they're like elevator and like, it's like it's hard to tell people like what's the stairs. but like so we played that um pranks actually the funny thing is like if we have someone that comes on to like our team and they're pretty green where they don't know anything yeah. Yeah. where they're like you know they know nothing mm-hmm. but you're like oh they're so green this is so great cute they're cute and then, they're adorable yeah and then like Plus, we like, used to play the bartender olympics which is basically like to, like all the other venues that are around us because like in vegas like a lot of venues are next to each other so yeah, we all yeah. kind of know each other they're friendly so yeah. we would tell them like we're like we're, we're like it's bartender olympics time and they're like why well like, you got a new guy i got a new guy they got a new guy oh. and they're like, yeah we're, we're like let's see who's the worst and like, and who's the best? And we give them like, we have like fun awards for it. And so, stuff. so what are what are the games in Bartender yeah. Olympics? So we tell a bar bag or a bar or a busser or whoever's new on our staff to go find certain things for us. Mm-hmm. Like we'll tell them to find a left-handed jigger. Yes, yes. Or well, uh, one time my favorite one is I told this bar bag who was like super green, but like I mean, bless us. I mean, he's like the the cutest kid ever, but like he's like did not know anything. Yeah, I told him to go find a sea canter. Because he didn't know that they Instead were all... of a decanter. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, I told him, I was like, oh well, God. you know, I was you're like, mean, you're like, mean spirit. That's not even. I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, so a decanter is for like a 750 to a liter bottle. I was like, the decanter is for half bottles. <laughs> a decanter. Because he didn't know what decanter was spelled D E C A N T. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He thought it was like the letter D. Yeah. And then canter. Oh man. So I told him that they were they were like alphabet levels. Yeah. So I said D is like the middle point as a then like oh, you know man. you got the f that's for like the bigger bottles and stuff i'd be great if you were like hey listen i got a party of 10 can you give me a double decanter okay <laughs> it's um it's it goes both ways it's, it's made for three bottles of wine yeah. and i literally was like i was like i need you to go find me a decanter i have a guy who bought her ordered a half bottle i was like i really need a decanter i was like it's like an older bottle and he was like okay where do i go i was like uh can you just ask all the other places to have wine to go find it and he goes yeah. sure so he goes out do you have a sea canter? Do you have a sea canter? He's going around to every single restaurant asking for a sea canter. They're all like, what? And then I see like, it was like, it was, this was when I was working at the Cosmo and like they were across another restaurant and the bartender was like, and I'm, I'm like. <laughs> when did it, when do you think it clicked for him? Like how many bars in? He went to the final restaurant that was actually right next door to us. He ran out of restaurants to go to? Yeah. Oh then he God. went to the restaurant next door to us and then the manager went. There's no such thing as a sea canter, son. <laughs> son, you gotta put the son in there. Oh, son, there's no. And such then he thing. just looked. Oh, child, child. <laughs> oh, I saw his manager just like look over, lean over, look at me, and goes, just shake his head, going like, "What?" And are you're you laughing doing? like an idiot. Oh, I'm like dying laughing. The other bar back is dying laughing because he heard me go, like so seriously go, "I need you to find me a sea canter right now." I'm like, "I guess I want a half bottle." Like, that is well, just... and if he's worked even one shift with you, he's like, "She does not play around." I need to be on my game when I'm with this <laughs> yes, lady. Yes, that's she's the, the tiger mama for a reason. You're, you're so right. You're and then so when you're right. like, "I need a sea canter," he's like, "Yes, ma'am. Whatever you need, I'm gonna go get it." <laughs> he's scared. Mission, yes, mission accepted. You strike fear in them first, and then you See, fuck them. Yeah. I love these things so much because, especially like a kid like that, where you like them, and you're like, "Oh, you could be really good in this industry." But that that really does break them in, and it it kind of it, it's a little bit of a disillusion, a dis uh, disenchantment, disillusion. Sorry, I'm fucking up. You're fine. Uh, no, but I just you're mean great, I just mean uh, it. It really does kind of uh, it gets them in the cut with you. Yeah. Whatever you play that uh, yeah, prank so on them, they, they, it, there's a level of uh, you know camaraderie you yeah. get with that person. Well, after I always that. tell everyone like 
the Philly way is to make fun of you and to like right. notice all the, the little uh, errors in your life or the errors about you <laughs> yeah. and uh, or the flaws that like we think is so unique. Uh, and we pay attention to your stories. And that's why we bring them back up and make mm-hmm. fun of you about it. And I always tell them, if we don't do that, we're not listening to you. We're yeah. not understanding you. And we don't want to get to know you. Yeah. So what, what was this guy's name? His did name was sure? Marcus. Okay. And did he make it? He made it. Good but for he, him. But then he got out of it. Okay. That's still cool, though. Yeah. It sounds like... He made it, and then he got out of it how, on his own how accord. Did he, how did he take the prank? He was just like, oh, you shit. Yeah. <laughs> Good. In See, stride. Now, and I just want to... Just really quick... But I he did, laughed about it after Yeah. That. I want to just jump in, because if there are any, like... We've actually had some... That guy from Nashville. I can't... Nashville. I can't remember his name right now, but he just started bartending, and he found the podcast, because he's looking for inspiration on how to get into the bartending world and into the service industry. But I think this is a great category because some of these greenhorns that are coming in, this is a great opportunity to let them in on some of the yeah. secrets that have been played for, you know, they're, they're, they're ages yeah. old, you know what I mean? But the, the trick is not, if you know the trick, it's not to immediately dispel it. Yeah, like, you no, don't be like, like, there's no such thing you, as a left-handed label. You want to play along, yeah. and yeah. you want to fuck right back with what them. What you do is you try to find a way to flip it on them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think it's also like... It lets people know, like, not, not to take too seriously. Mm-hmm. It's yes. like, like I've heard a, a lot of, like, I guess, like industry people, like, uh, ex- like older industry people, explain to the younger cats, like, hey, it don't, it's not rocket science. We're not doing surgery. We're not trying to save a life, if, even though sometimes maybe, maybe we do. Yeah, <laughs> I was right. like, but it's like, stop taking it so seriously. Like, it's it's a fun job. Have fun at it, and mm-hmm. you'll make money. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you worry about so much about the money, you're not gonna make it have fun, and then yeah. you're not gonna make any money. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's how you weed out the people that take it too seriously and are not going to cut it in this business. So, All right, number 10. You are absolutely uh, maneuvering this like a master. Like a ninja. Like a ninja. <laughs> All right, number 10. Firing and quitting stories, or as we affectionately call this category. Getting 86. Hmm. I didn't... I, well, I always put it like this where... I don't actually fire someone. They end up firing themselves. Yes. But, you know, I mean. Just, you know, take that blame off yourself. Yeah. What, what do we always well, say? I mean, you're, that you're, you're getting promoted to customer? It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like a teacher. Like, I didn't give you that bad grade. You earned that bad grade. <laughs> you earned that F, Michael. <laughs> but it's like, uh, I mean, like, seriously, like, when you get into, like, that territory where you get, especially out here, if you're getting fired, like, you did something really stupid. Yeah. Yeah. David Sampson from the Nothing Personal podcast always loves to say that when he was an executive in Major League Baseball, that his favorite thing was to fire somebody because he was releasing them from poor performance and bad behavior that they were stuck in. <laughs> he was excited to help help them move to the next stage by by allowing them the opportunity to become fired. And it's something that he reveled in, that he enjoyed firing people because it was the decisions that they made to uh, dwell in poor performance. Yeah. So. Have, you, have you heard that before, though, being promoted to customer? No. Yeah, so that's something some of the other bartenders yeah, have brought on. That you're you're not getting fired. You're getting promoted. You're getting promoted to customer. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there have been some uh, some theatrics with it, where bar owners and managers have been like, "Hey, great news! You're promoted to customer." Yeah. In front <laughs> Get of everybody out. else, yeah. Um, so, and, we, well, well, but there's another follow up line because we treat we don't treat anyone better than our guests or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, n- no, I got to ask you. So you said that you have some firing power. Right? Yeah, I so, mean, I would say I have influence. Influence. All right, so can you talk to us about a time when someone had to go and why? Okay, this goes back to when I was at the Venetian. Okay. 
we just opened up so there's a cocktail collective bar and the, the one of the first bars that opened is called the dorsey and that's where i worked okay and i was a lead bartender there um in the beginning when it was all together uh it was a sam ross bar program and yeah, yeah. i i worked with him 10 years ago and he asked me to be a part of this program so i was like sure i was like i love working with you so we hired all these new people like all the new uh servers bussers bar bags and everyone and we did all the training and stuff, and this is maybe like a week in, I want to say, and I'm working this one shift, and I was also still closing the other bar I was working at and coming over, so I was right. doing double duties, mm-hmm. and I was, I'm like dead tired, and this girl yells at me in the server's well, asking me where her drink is, just screaming on top of her lungs. I looked at her, and I went, shut the fuck up, <laughs> and she went, what? I was like... I was like, you ever talk to me like that ever again, I will get you fired. And she went, you can't fire me. I was like, I was like, you want to bet? <laughs> I was like, I would not be talking to and screamed at as a fucking child. I was like, you want your drinks? You can ask me and I will tell you when they're coming. I was like, do not yell at me. And she was just like, looked at me, she's like, whatever, I'm going to go ask find a man. And then she just went off and like, whatever. And then I came back and I looked at my, <laughs> I literally looked at my beverage drug and went, if this bitch doesn't get fired, I'm staying at my other job. You're, it's her or me. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, I was like, I would not be talked to like that. Yeah. I was like, and I, w- I was like, I refuse to deal with any kind of attitude like this. So how long before they dropped the guillotine? Uh, she got fired the next day. Yeah, <laughs> wow, yeah, and you, and you say you don't have firing power, but influence—that's some influence right there. I um, what was her deal? Was she known to be erratic like this? Had you guys had apparently some like the other shifts that I didn't, I mean I didn't get to work with her as much, right? But like because you're splitting double duty, yeah. Sense. And like, but the thing is, like the first shift she's yelling at me. I'm like, I'm like, you do know I'm the lead that, bartender. That, hold on, that was the first time you two had ever worked. Together? Yes. And I was I'm oh, like, and I'm, and the thing is, like, God. she knows, and like, because everybody knew I was a lead bartender because we all had training. I'm like, yeah. you're yelling at the lead bartender, which means when a manager's not here, I'm in charge. And you're yelling at me. I'm like, do you understand how this works here? And this girl is playing with fire. Right yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. But apparently, in, on the other shifts, uh, everyone else has said that she was a nightmare. Really? She yelled well, at them, and all the it sounds all, like it. Yeah. and all the other girls were just like, "I'm not working with her. She's fucking crazy." Wow. Okay. And, That's great that you got to come in there and help relieve her of her. What was it, Steve? Yeah, she she gets promoted to customer. <laughs> Uh, and it's always nice. I'm not nice sure if I want her to be promoted. No, but it does. It does <laughs> yeah, sound right, like you. Exactly. Does sound like you uh, help the team morale too, because yes. it, it sounds yeah. like there were some runs. No, I, lo- I love that you don't take that shit, and and that goes for anybody listening, yeah. any, any bartender, honestly, anybody in life. Oh yeah, don't let people treat you like that. It's fucking Absolutely. bullshit. Yeah. But it's nice when you have that power to where you can say like, no, I I'm an influencer here, and uh, if you you know if you're gonna act like that, it's gonna you know you're gonna have consequences. Yeah, it's like I also don't like creating that kind of environment. And it's like when I have someone coming into work and they're in a shitty mood because someone they're working with them. Leave that shit at the door. It's giving, I'm like, no, mm-hmm. you don't do that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I made sure like sometimes like, I know like a lot of cocktail waitresses sometimes like that I work with are kind of shy. Like they're like, oh, this guy kind of touched me weird. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, get him out. And she's <laughs> yes, like, what? I was like, fine, I'll go talk to him. And yeah. I, I'll go on there. I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Are you touching inappropriately? And like, I was just like saying, they're like, they're like, what? And I'm, I'm like, do not touch my waitresses. Yeah, and I'm no. like, if you do it one more time, I would get you kicked off the property. Yeah, and they're just like, no, you can't. I'm like, you want to bet? <laughs> I, I'll promote you to former customer <laughs> if I have to. I, I'm sorry, but I really think you need a katana. I don't think you would ever have to. I think you should just get the no, holster no, and dude, the handle. No, no, I've got it, like a wooden katana, she, like a she's training ne- one that she's has never, to it. She'll you never, hit people with it. she'll never have to pull it out. Is the point? But just having that katana oh, just like there, sheathing it a bit, it, just the sheathing, sheathing and the handle. <laughs> 
I really think I, I just think Touch it, my cat, it, would, it would complete the whole ensemble. It will. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we we did ask my managers one time if we can change our uniforms to Kill Bill outfits. Ooh. Oh my god. Oh, for great. the for the Hey Kitty Kitty particularly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And, and we just thought yes. it would be fun. And Here, you guys should I'm sorry. You guys should have Kill Bill night. Well, the funny thing is, like this past uh, on Friday, because uh, we're, we're doing Halloween yeah. dress up for the whole weekend. Uh, Friday, we all dressed up as Kill Bill, like themed. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, some people went further than others. I mean, I do have to thank my uh, my other bartender uh, Alejandro for actually going all the way, and she he dressed up in like the girl, the school girl outfit. Oh my, oh my. goodness! Okay, brought so up. I was like. I was like, I love I was, that you went all in and you played along with me because I was I, I wore the Kill Bill outfit. I was yeah. like, Who are you? Were you Aurani Shi? No, uh, that was um, my other bartender. I was uh, Uma Thurman's character. Uma Thurman, yes. yeah, the the the, body, the yeah. yellow bodysuit, hot rod suit. That's so a good one. Literally, everyone just went. Are you supposed to be Kill Bill? I was like, yes, I killed Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Well, what an appropriate way to shut down this category. And bravo in maneuvering the gauntlet so masterfully. Um, we all we have a few more questions before we get you sure. out of here. But now is the time that you get to take over, okay? We call this our How's Our Driving. It's where we clean up the show a little bit. We want recommendations from you. Food, drink, restaurants here in town. Um, please. Take the stage and tell people about what they need to check out. When yeah, you're or hell, days. even back in Delco. Yeah, just anything. Anywhere. Or if there's anything else you want to plug, if there are any questions that we didn't ask, something Shakers, that you, yeah. Wildwood. <laughs> <laughs> just any, anything that uh, you wanted to say that we didn't get a chance to touch on, this is your yeah. time to shine. Um, hmm. Well, I mean, in Vegas, I mean, I guess it's like the food and drink mecca of the world. Um, I mean, you have every celebrity chef you can think of. Uh, but there are a lot of like great local places right now that are mm-hmm. opening up because of the fact that uh, a lot of Californians are moving out here. But also like ever since like the pandemic and everything else, like a lot of the chefs just got burned out from the working on the strip and all the crazy hours that they just kind of opened up their own spots. Nice. And even the ones that did come here, like they'll work one uh, one or two years on the strip and they're like, fuck it. And they open their own. That's kind of cool how those scenes kind of... Uh they're an ecosystem that mm-hmm. is con- continually evolving. Yeah. So. yeah. so it's like the city's growing in the sense that there's a lot more like food to eat outside of the strip norm and like all that. So, so give us some of those recommendations. Give us a few places off the strip that you really like right now. You know, what's funny. I always tell everyone, if you go to Chinatown, you're never going to get a bad meal. Like people don't realize that Vegas actually has a Chinatown. Yeah, I did. I didn't know that because I've I've been to San Francisco and that was one of the first places that we went because uh, that's a major Chinatown, San Francisco. Yeah. I yeah. I had no idea that Vegas had Chinatown here either. Yeah. Where yeah. Is it? Where's that? So at? Um, if you go off the strip uh, from Spring Mountain and if you go west, that's all China. Like west for like maybe like six blocks or so, that's all Chinatown. Really? Yeah, and there's some really great food. And a lot of local chefs open up uh, restaurants out there and stuff. So it's it's fantastic. Like. Um, but one of my uh, one of the chefs I worked with, uh, Chef Brian Howard, has a couple places out there, and his food is fantastic. What's, what's one you like? Um, just, we want to we want to promote it for sure. Yeah. So he uh, he owns Sparrow and Wolf, and in, yeah. and then he just opened up this year a uh, Half Bird, which is like a fried chicken place. Okay. Which is actually really amazing if you want some fried chicken. They're open yeah. late to like two, and oh, nice. they have they have like killer chefs and everyone that works there. They work really hard and. The, just personality and like the the welcome camaraderie they do for like every customer that comes in it's fantastic i love it yeah john anthony's like it. their uh I, I don't know exactly his title but like he's like the front man and he's like i wanted to say like basically like the customer like um relationship is yeah. like he's like he's like the king of that like nice. so like he could have any conversation with anyone like it's fantastic but um yeah sparrow wolf and half bird like it's a must place uh like, you have to go they have fantastic food, cocktails. Um, 
if you like ramen, there's a 24-hour place called Shoku. Right, they have some really to, great ramen. We're going to Shoku tonight when we're blacked out drunk. <laughs> we, we are, actually, tonight's the only night that Steve and I get to go out. I really do want to go. I he need flies noodles. out tomorrow. I need so. noodles, okay. dude. I need them. She so said 24 hours. The, the, the last ramen I had was out of a pack, and it had no, petroleum really. in it, so I wouldn't mind trying some you know better stuff. <laughs> actually, you're not too far from here. There's a place called Magic Noodle. Okay. Really? Fantastic Maybe food. that's what we have for dinner because I need some noodles, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I desperately need a noodle in my life. I'm telling you, magic noodle. Like, so is there ha- something else going on here, Steve? No, love Asian noodles. <laughs> yeah, no, but magic noodle is fantastic. It's All literally right, one of my favorite spots. I'll tell you what happened. They shut down my favorite noodle place. Oh, I don't want to hear. Dude, we got it. We Peco, got another Peco, guest Peco, coming dude. here very soon. So oh you got to shut your mouth. Broke my heart. We'll go <laughs> get some noodles. Heart. It's all right. Um, so also something that we'd love to have. Are there any other bartenders that you would recommend to have on the show? Yeah, people we have to that need to be profiled on here. Ooh, uh, in Vegas or just anywhere? In general, yeah. Oh my God, there's so many people. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of friends in Chicago, a lot of friends in... Um, How about in Chicago? Because we haven't really talked a lot about that no, town. I've, Steve, I've, ro- I have roots there. My mom yeah. and my dad are from Chicago. So how about Chicago? Well, there's a few places there, here and there. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of bartenders I worked with. Uh, I recently worked with this uh, bartender named Sarah. Uh, during the Tales of Cocktails. So okay. I'm, a, I'm a part of the whole Tales of the Cocktail Foundation. Okay, cool. Um, we have the uh, CAP program. So I'm one of the uh, cult leaders for that. So um, we like review like resumes and stuff and like anyone that's coming in, like the application, and we choose awesome. to see who wants to be part of this group. Cool. That's awesome. So like um, I worked my way from like the red coat to the white coat. So it's kind of fun like to be part of this whole thing. But I get to see all, and meet all these like bartenders from around the world yeah. that want a mentorship program that they can uh, grow from being a bartender to like a manager or an owner or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we get to help them with that process. That's awesome. And like um, was Sarah's amazing. Like she's like super quick witted, like just smart. And I, I just think like she'd be great at this. Yeah. Yeah. And she's from Chicago. Yeah. And she's wor- she's bartending back there now. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sarah, you are uh, targets on your head. Okay. The gauntlet has been thrown. The down. gauntlet has been thrown down. We will. Uh, we will get a hold of you through uh, um, Ju Young, and we will try to see if we can get you on the show because we would love um, to do a Chicago bar crawl. Oh, I mean, that'd I've be got, awesome. I want to do. Are you kidding me? I want to do every bar crawl. That's every, all, all. That's all. Ever literally do. all of them. But yeah, no, Chicago <laughs> would be a really special town, and I know that I have. I have just some family connections. Some really cool. Um, old haunts around the city that I think would be fun. So um, that's awesome. That's a good good uh, recommendation there. Um, and I and I love that you have such a passion for this industry that, like, it's come out all throughout the show. I mean, we've mentioned it five or six different times how committed you are to helping others get a leg up. Mm-hmm. And I I commend yeah, you wanting for to that. help other people grow. I yeah. really commend you for that. I've had I've worked for and with a lot of people that have given a fuck about. My money, how I was doing, what I knew, my knowledge, um, and I, I think when you do come across somebody that really does care, it's really special, yeah. and it makes its business even more worthwhile to, to work in. Yeah. So, I mean, I've I been very really lucky, cool. um, been meeting where throughout my life I met some really great people, starting with my parents, and and then all the people throughout my life, and like just having really great mentorship. Yeah, and to me, like it made a big difference in like where I landed or like how how much I work and how much I do to stuff like it's a it's one thing to be passionate about it's one thing to have tenacity to to last it through in a sense and to see it through and mm. I feel like I've had those people in my life that did that and like I mean I always go back to how my dad taught me is like he's always like if you can't explain it right the first time explain it better the second time mm. and mm. he means like break it down so that they understand it better he's like because 
if you don't do that, then they'll, they'll always misunderstand you. Yeah, well, and the sentiment is to keep trying yeah. too. Yeah. That's the other, the, yeah. that's the other thing. Like, like my dad was always very good at explaining things and like, uh, put like, just like breaking it down for me to understand it, like in different perspectives and in different terms, concepts. On your terms, and so yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So then it allows me to understand, like when I see people like bartend, like like left hand bartenders, like trying to stir. I'm like, let's use different spoon, and they're like, I've never noticed that. I'm like, well, I was like, well, you spin counterclockwise, and so this spoon is harder, and they're like, what? <laughs> but like I notice details like that because like I know I, like yeah. those are hardships for those yeah. people and. Mm. That's well, awesome. that, I think you're in the right place because I think, you know, without even knowing it, you have some of these skills to for detail. Yeah. You know, and I think the type of person mentoring somebody up in this business needs that. Right. And so maybe that's that's just kind of one of those underlying gifts that you maybe aren't even uh, as aware of day in and day out when you are holding people <laughs> to a high standard <laughs> and being and going tiger mom. But uh no, I, 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 that level of detail is what is required for people to maximize their potential. And I think that's great. So, um, all right, our wrap up. These are our closing questions, the last two, and we are going to get you out of here. It's been a ton of fun, Julie, uh, Ju Young. Um, why do you do this, a.k.a.? Why do you hate yourself? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did say earlier that I like chaos. Um, yes, you did. I, or handling chaos, I should say. Well, I think because, like, I... I just like the pace. Um, I don't like standing still. I don't like, yeah. I've had jobs where I sat and like, like I was saying earlier, like I audited parking lots. And I just sat there and counted cars and I was, I was like, this is ridiculous. And then counted off. I'm like, I, I was like, I can't just sit here and do this. You're losing your mind. Yeah. And like, for some reason, like I think because like I can't play an instrument and everyone in my family can, <laughs> uh, like literally like everyone in my family can play except for me. And, but I love music. I yeah. love listening to it. I love how it, it, it changes my mood, but it also changes how I work. And like when uh, one of my barbacks right now is also a DJ and he would make playlists. And when we play our playlist in the beginning, which is like the, the one hotels made. And then like the one when he puts on the energy level changes. Oh, and then, absolutely, then, yeah. then my level changes. And I'm just like, every time it changes, I'm like, is this your playlist? He's yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Like, He's like, why? I'm like, I'm like, my mood just changed. I was like, my energy just shifted. Yeah. I was like, I can feel it. You also strike me as a pretty high energy person. Like, I am very high energy. It would not, it, it would not surprise me if like you and I sat down for like, you know, uh, a, a hungover breakfast and I was like, what'd you do yesterday? You get fucked up? And you're like, ah, you know, I worked 24 hours straight, you know, that would <laughs> not shock me even in the slightest, you know, I went from this job to that job to that kind of thing. Um, you do, you know, you have the right pace for this, yeah. this profession for but sure. I like the multitask, but I also like the challenges, I think. Yeah. And I think people forget that like, if you're not challenged then you kind of become stale mm -hmm. and that's when I leave jobs when I don't, I'm not challenged. Mm -hmm. So people always go like, Oh, do you just leave jobs? Cause you got fired or you got bored of this? And I'm like, no, it's cause I'm not challenged. I'm bored. I was like, and I've asked a million ways for challenges and you didn't give it to me. Yeah. yeah. So I will tell you, I'm previous employers. I'm, I'm excited to hear your uh, picks for the industry night playlist. Yeah, so. absolutely. Me, me, um, myself included. If you're such a big mu uh, music fan, it's one of the cool connection points that we have for our listeners to our guests, where every guest will pick three songs that they love that we play on our industry night happy hour playlist when we get together. And you should join us for one of those. You know, the first Monday of every month we do a big virtual call and Mike and I just hang out with people from the show and guests and bullshit and drink and listen to some music and it's fun. So I, I'm very interested to see what you're going to add to that playlist as well. Um, that brings us though to our very last question of the evening. 
Um, if you open to a bar, what would you call it or what would the theme be? And there's a secondary part of this question I'll let Michael ask as well. Right now? About music. All right. So in, when, when you tell us about this hypothetical bar, is there a specific closing song that you would play at the end of the night to get everybody the fuck out? Or, I don't know, this could be a 24-hour joint. I'm not sure. Definitely not 24 hours, because those are <laughs> really hard to run. Yes. Um, well, it's funny, because my friend and I are actually trying to uh, put things together to open a bar. That's awesome. And I've been playing around with different names, but um, we kind of want... We noticed that like people leave bars because there's no food. So we want to have a food element to the bar. So, mm-hmm. But... We also notice that things are successful when you do one thing. Well, yeah, and one thing good. Yeah, and one thing really good. Yeah. And we wanted to do sweet and savory pancakes. Oh, we got pancakes last night at like one in the morning. Okay. And I think it's because like pancakes is such like a uh, like a happy thing, but it's also like there's like always good memories with pancakes. Yeah, and they can and they can, they can fill you up too. Yeah. If, you're, if you're drunk, pancakes yeah. will satisfy yeah. you. And yeah. so like I grew up on like um, well, because living in America, like I would grow up in what, but like my parents are also Korean, so they would also make these other kinds of pancakes, like Korean pancakes. Yeah, yes. so like oh we God. had we have like savory pancakes. So I'm used to like the kimchi pancakes, the, the, potato, vegetable, the potato, potato, right? Though, and yes. so like, oh my God, I have all those things. So I thought like, for so the people that don't want the sweet pancakes, they can also have the savory ones. The savory yeah. ones, yeah. and I thought that we can have all that. But I was like, I was reading this article about how your levels of dopamine go up and down based on like how many pancakes you're eating. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> sort of. So basically they were saying like, oh, like if you're in a bad mood, you, you get a short stack. If you're in a good mood, you're, you're a high stack. They're like, but also when it comes to drinking, they said good ethanol brings up the pancake steaks. They're like, and if you have bad ethanol, it's like you get the short stack. And then just they were saying like all this stuff and like how it changes mood and how alcohol does this. And I was like, wow, this is fascinating. And I was like, so you're saying we should have pancakes and dopamine. <laughs> you need to have this chart on the wall next yes. to the menu. Yes. Like, what's your mood at? Here's what you need to order. <laughs> it's like it used to be almost like a graffiti installation <laughs> on the wall where it's like, follow your dopamine level to the, your correct amount of pancakes. <laughs> I kind of want to be like, if you're drinking this, you should take this short stack because this is really good alcohol. <laughs> I, I do think it would be... So I, I have a similar uh, passion in mind. I, I would love to open a, a bar that does... Um, craft food and cocktails well, but everything is centered around the fact that we make fresh homemade donuts Mm. and we're going to pair everything with donuts. This food goes good with this donut as a complimentary complimentary dessert. This whiskey goes good with this donut. So I do I do love uh, love some of that pairing the alcohol and the pancakes together. You you said you've been thinking of names. Do you have any that are kind of forerunners right now? Well, it's funny because like I've been naming my drinks after the bars I want to name. Yeah, <laughs> flapjacks and whiskey. Best little whorehouse. Yeah, yeah come get so, your pancakes. <laughs> so I have a drink on the menu now called pancakes and dopamine, and did really well in the summer. Nice. And so we kept it on for the fall because it also has fall flavors. Yeah. So everyone's like, pancakes and dopamine. And and then when they say it, they have this big smile on their face, and they're like, "That's fun to say." And I'm like. Maybe we should call a bar Pancakes and Dopey, but I wanted to be like... It's a great name. I wanted to be like where there's the pancake area, like we're in the front, and then you walk to the back, and then there's the bar. Yeah. Nice. So it's like, there's the pancakes, and you get to go to the dopamine. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh, I, yeah. I, no, I think that's a great concept. I, 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 I agree with you, because there's so many ways that you can offer all these different things, but when you do something, uh, you know, you do a, one thing, and you do it really, really well... And people know what to expect, and they come back. Exactly, for that. I think that could be something that could be sustainable. Yeah, so yeah. I, I really, want- I really hope that the next time, maybe not the next time, but at one point in time, we're interviewing you for like a Boilermaker tape. 
at the uh, at the, pancakes and at the, yeah, yeah, and we're we're over a, a set of flapjacks. Over yeah. a, I'm getting no, I'm getting some of the the kimchi pan, pancakes. Oh, they're I, incredible! Absolutely. I love so you know we have brown rice, which is that great Korean that great Korean uh, short order restaurant in Baltimore, and they make the Korean potato pancakes. Nice. And I, oh my god, I live and die with those things. I love them, but um. You know, I, I don't know if you had a closing song that you like to use to kick people out, but I'm pretty sure that if you ever open up Pancakes and Dopamine, we're going to have to, as a team, re-record that song, Peaches, and call it Pancakes. <laughs> Millions of pancakes, pancakes <laughs> for me, going to the country, going to eat me a lot of pancakes. You did this. You did this, okay? <laughs> going to the country. See, it's working, though. Pancakes is working. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, so I'm gonna keep that name now. <laughs> I'm jazzed. I am jazzed. I'm really excited. You you have two customers for life if you ever open this show. Awesome. I promise you that. <laughs> what an unbelievable time, Ju Young. I thank you for coming on the show. These cocktails were incredible. Guys, please check out some Baggio. It's maybe a drink that we're not using enough in in our recipes here in the states. I'd like to see some more cocktails uh, take it on. So. Let's all give that a try. And, and um, anything you want to say to the people before we shut it down? Not really, but I guess just be nice to yourself. Yeah, yeah. and your bartenders. And I'm just going to put yeah. this out there. You can take that with you, but if not, I'm going to microwave it and eat it when you leave. So. <laughs> I figured you would. I was going to save it for you. <laughs> here, kitty, kitty. Here, kitty, kitty. All right, fuck off, y'all. <laughs>
Please, if you're a Patreon subscriber. <laughs> don't listen to it. If you actually uh, don't listen to it, Forgive please. us. Forgive us for if, the I'll, I'll, I will say if Chris's, if either of the Chris's are listening right now, I get it. I understand why you hate me so much. I'll give but you just, $5 back. Just not to <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be a big tipper. A.K.A. one of our Bozells. Feel free to leave a tip on PayPal onto the bartender rant podcast at gmail.com. If you do, we'll list you as one of our wonderful executive producers and shout out your name and drink of choice or something you want us to shout right here. Yeah, and uh, for these Vegas episodes, uh, our special Bozells, our special sponsors are, of course, Herd Card Game, Chandler from Herd Card Game. Uh, she got us hooked up with Wendy at Chilled Magazine and got us in touch with all the incredible bartenders that you're going to get to listen to. Please check her out. She's on Instagram, Herd Card Game. She's also in our link tree in our bio. So if you go to our Instagram, you can check out our link tree and you can see the Herd Card Game and where to purchase it. It's incredible. It is uh, Cards Against Humanity, but for the service industry. Get a few of your bartender server friends together. Throw five or ten bucks a piece in. Get this. It is so much fun to play. And, Let it uh, live behind your bar. Yeah, just keep it behind the bar. I, I completely agree with that. But then also a gigantic shout out to Wendy from Chilled 100 or Chilled Magazine. Uh, Wendy is the national director of Chilled 100. Uh, and if you would like more information about a free membership to their magazine, uh, or excuse me, a free membership or a free subscription to their magazine, uh, you can check out www.chilledmagazine.com or you can email wendy at chilledmagazine.com and uh, if you are someone who truly is passionate oh there's the train too so it's drink along drink there people. you go all drink finally got it in on the Vegas episodes if you are someone <laughs> who truly <laughs> we can't escape the train if you are someone who truly loves uh, the bar the, the bar industry the service industry or if you're somebody who's just starting out and you want more uh, you know you want a resource to help you build and grow your skills and learn more about the industry Please check out Chilled. Wendy was incredible. She was so easy to work with. We didn't get a chance to meet her, but she got us in touch with every single bartender you heard from Vegas. So thank you very much, Wendy. Thank you, Chandler. Incredible. We love you you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, Mike and I do this because we love the service industry and we want to bring you great content. But keep in mind, this is not our day job. With your help, we can keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always... Don't just listen along. Drink along. Yeah, yeah. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their National Helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along, but more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you need just somebody to to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast. And we want you to stick around. And Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So... Thanks again, guys. We love you, and we'll see you on the next episode. It actually says recording session with the ninja. <laughs> that one threw me off. Well, it's funny because like, uh, even when I wrote from the ninja of the ninjas, people used to call me ninja because they would see me jump up on the bar. Yeah. And this isn't that Coyote Ugly or anything. No. Um, 
So our back bar, like sometimes the liquor bottles are way up top and no one can reach it. Mm. Yeah, and we sometimes we'll have a ladder. But all the places I worked, the ladders were like just either too heavy to pull. Uh, they don't have wheels. Not really functional. Or they're just like so wobbly that you're like, I'm going to fall off of this than anything else. Yeah. So I would just like level myself on one side and then stand up and then just grab stuff. But I would do it so fast and everyone's like, what the fuck would you just do? <laughs> you really need to get a katana for when you work. Yeah. I really think it would be good. But I think I'll be arrested by the security because they're like, you can't bring weapons. Yeah, just no. have one of the katanas but, from Brandon's episode, just a fake one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>